Let me start this episode by encouraging you to head over to the iTunes page for the podcast, Average Joe's Above Average Beer Podcast, and uh, leave me a, a review. That, that really helps the podcast. And then, as always, get me at Instagram, Average Joe's Beer Podcast. You can find me that way, uh, untapped and Twitter, at JoeBob41. And then on Facebook, Average Joe's Above Average Beer Podcast. Pretty easy to find. You can get me on iTunes, Podbean, uh, Stitcher, Google Play. All those work. So hit all those up. And, uh, yeah, we had a cool episode this week here. We've got a, a new one with Windmill Brewing out in Dyer, Indiana. I sat down with the two owners, um, Justin and Scott, and then we had uh, Mike, their, their assistant brewer, and they were really awesome. The, the beer was awesome. They didn't have some of their big ones on tap while I was there, so I'll have to be uh, trying to track those down at another time. But they had a really amazing pink goza that you need to try. It's a pink lemonade goza, and it was out of this world good. It's called uh, No Ma'am. So without further ado, here's Windmill Brewing. We're rolling. We're live with the podcast uh, here in Dyer, Indiana. I'm joined by by three guys from a, from a brewery that I'm just getting getting to know about here. I'm pretty excited about it. Windmill, say hello, guys. Introduce yourselves. Let's go around the table. Starting How's it with going, you, Justin? Justin uh, Verberg, one of the owners and brewers here. Uh, Scott Vandegreen, also the other owner and tap room manager. Uh, Mike Lowacki, I'm a brewer here. Yeah, you're definitely a brewer. You were the one on the ladder when I walked in, unscrewing <laughs> stuff. Yes, I'm a cleaner extraordinary. I was going to say, are you the clean guy? Are you the grain yeah. out clean guy? <laughs> <laughs> How do you get that job? Uh, there's grain that needs to be shoveled out. And uh, and they don't feel like it? Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm a good workhorse. <laughs> nice. He is. He has a very good cleaning work ethic, which is very important in it's brewing. It's kind of important, right? Yeah. It's, part of, it's like the biggest part of the process, right? Yeah. Yeah, brewing you, takes an hour or something, <laughs> you know, whatever you, it takes. If you go in a brewery and it's dirty, you should kind of worry a little bit. You should leave. Yeah. I mean, don't leave, but try the beer, <laughs> but, you know, don't be surprised if it's awful. <laughs> well, it's a cool space. I've never been in it, and, and uh, I, I love I love the, the, I don't know, the size of it, I guess. It's really just nice and, like, intimate, and it's it's cool. It can tap room. How long, how long have you been here now? So we're at two and a half years now. We've thrown our third anniversary party in August. Yeah, the story behind the building is uh, I live in Dyer, uh, and I used to sit in traffic on Route 30, which is just to the north of us, and look at this building because this light is terrible right on the corner here. So you'd sit there for five minutes waiting for the light, and I would look at this building and it had a giant for rent sign on it. And I always just thought to myself, like, that being a really cool brewery. You know, it looked like it had big overhead doors. The front of it was kind of a showroom slash office room from the previous uh, tenant or owner, I guess is... It was a garage door company. VFW next door. VFW next door, who's throwing some yeah, sort a big of fundraiser event today. today that they yeah, are there's some shit going down over there. They yeah. parked like four cars in our parking lot when we have three spaces. So <laughs> <laughs> I found something. <laughs> it's fine. The street parking's all wide open and usually not too bad during the weekend. Um, but yeah, I would just look at this building and think to myself, that'd be a nice brewery. So you're homebrewing at the time? And, and I've like been homebrewing probably six or seven years at that point. Um, and had done nothing but a, you know, maybe a 20-gallon batch was probably the biggest thing I'd ever done. And, um, yeah, I was friends with Scott uh, from church. He'd homebrewed with me a couple of times. And just one day it was like, all right, what well, what would this actually take, you know, to open a brewery? I, I'm not in the industry. I didn't really know anybody in the industry. Scott didn't know anybody in the industry. And uh, 
I just thought, well, I'll just see what the rent is. And, you know, I'm a computer guy, so I'll throw a spreadsheet together and kind of figure out what it's going to take, you know, in terms of, you know, income to keep it sustainable. Um, and yeah, called the landlord and he was really enthusiastic. It had been sitting here empty for two or three years at this point. They were using it as storage. And huh. um, yeah, the rent was rent was reasonable. The location's pretty cool. Uh, in the town, it was kind of the nexus of Dyer here, um, which, you know, isn't much, but it's kind of a kind of like a pass-through town, like Route 30, this east-west right. corridor here is sort of the main drag, so. Well, I mean, what's the closest thing to you guys? I mean, when it comes to brewery. Uh, Floyd's definitely up the wow. street, and that, you know, I... Not I, a bad neighbor. I blame them for getting me into this <laughs> in the first place. You know, that was uh, when I was doing my graduate degree up at Purdue up the road. We would go to Floyd's after the, you know, night classes and stuff and just shut the place down on Thursdays. We would go there and we knew all the bartenders and we'd, you know, just drink all the different beers. And it was just like, oh, what would it take to reproduce something like this? So I bought, you know, that cruddy little homebrew kit from Northern Brewer or something. It was like 100 bucks with a five-gallon pot and some liquid malt extract <laughs> and made a... <laughs> drinkable irish red ale um not a bad start no it just kind of went from there i did that at my parents house my wife refused to allow me to do it in our house because she did not like the smell <laughs> i um, could see that i could see that and uh yeah it just kind of went from there you know you got tried that it was okay all right what would it take to do this a little differently do a little research buy some books buy some more equipment go all grain and that's kind of where i stalled out in the home brewing field was all grain and like a 20 gallon little Blickman kettle just like it just obsesses right and you just it's never just ending like, like snowball you, and it's kind of the same way in the the professional brewing industry too now it's always just like just when you think you're you know starting to get somewhere it's like oh shoot now i gotta buy bigger fermenters like <laughs> <laughs> bigger brewing system we're on our second brewing system now we just upgraded to a we're calling it an eight barrel system but we can squeeze nine out of it depending on the beer <laughs> we found out the other day <laughs> Definitely not 10 out of it. Definitely not 10. No, no we've also found that out yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what? why? Why, what, why do you say that? Uh, so we have seven barrel bright tanks. I'm doing uh, air quotes right now. <laughs> um, they can't see Because we, we, we usually they fill know, them know. a little bit more. But uh, I was trying to fit as much as I could in there because I need to top up some barrels. Uh, and I put in somewhere around 10 BBL in there. And it came gushing out of the top. Oh. Like it basically <laughs> filled completely to the top until it started gushing out. So oh. I had to let off about, you know, ten gallons. That's and gotta then, be sad. And <laughs> then clean the floor. And then clean yeah. the floor. <laughs> well, at least you have drainage, right? Well, the drains. Yeah, are the drains there. are on the so opposite side oh, of the building. South side Whoops. of the building. The fermenters and are on the north oh, side of the building. Okay. And the peak for the slope is in the middle. Yep. Uh, you learn that pretty quickly here. You know every low spot and high spot in the floor <laughs> here, and. uh make up for it with a wet dry vac a wet, a wet dry vac i bet that thing got a workout then huh <laughs> <laughs> so what kind of beers are you guys making around here um good ones i hope good ones we <laughs> hope too we um, hope the one i'm drinking <laughs> is we, we sort of started um you know if you want to just kind of go through the history of windmill when we started we we wanted to produce different beers you know we didn't want to just jump in and do like a golden ale and an amber ale and a stout and a pale ale uh, and we wanted to not be so heavy on the pale ales around here because obviously, like we talked about before, like Floyd's to the north, like world-class pale ales. So like, why just try to reproduce what they're doing? Let's try something a little different. So we, when we launched, we had a uh, vanilla bean milk stout. We had a Belgian wheat pale ale. We had a red ale, which was just sort of like a 
kitchen sink beer where we just had a lot of extra grains laying around. We thought, well, let's do something. And then uh, an American pale ale. Uh, and from there, we kind of went to like a Belgian double IPA was one of our sort of beers that kind of got us a little bit on the map. It was an all Citra um, 9% Belgian double IPA. What was that called? Single double triple. Single double triple. So that was a beer. Actually, I homebrewed before we started this and uh that was one of those where i came up with the beer name before the beer <laughs> so it was supposed to be a single hopped double ipa style belgian triple ah wow, which, that's a lot which isn't a thing but right. it, was, <laughs> it is now you made that happen and and we haven't brewed that beer probably in a year now at this point we make up a lot of beer styles actually too yeah like pink lemonade goes is definitely not a real thing it's so good though <laughs> <laughs> it's so good yeah and yeah just when mike came on board too we were both talking about some of our favorite beers uh, we're both big tired hands fans okay. and uh oddly enough neither of us had ever had their milkshake beer <laughs> and uh we thought well let's just come up with our own recipe for what we think a milkshake style ipa would taste like and uh that was the birth of memes and dreams which was our uh milkshake style ipa with mangoes in it um so when you when you're saying like you kind of set out to not be pale ale heavy and stuff like that so what happens like what what drove you to do the the, the memes and dreams and, it, and we just wanted to not be just sort of like a basic run of the mill pale ales and like well there's about a year of like history in between that as well too right yeah what was the name of our first ipa people people would come in here and always well just give me your ipa and then if i was behind that bar i'd be like well we don't have an ipa but we and uh, it, if you know if you look on our website there's still kind of a thing about that and finally i got so sick of people asking for it i brewed an ipa called against my will um which sort of fits it a little bit within our uh calvinistic theology which we kind of name some of our beers after and we actually have a picture of john calvin on one of our fermenters but uh <laughs> um that one was just sort of a west coast like piney bitter i mean mm-hmm. and it's probably one of our fastest selling batches of, of course and cans we've ever done and it was like Ugh, all right now i see why other breweries do this yeah so we kind of used that to fund some of our other crazy little projects that we did um the saison was something that we did that was kind of out there a little bit where uh, we did a dry hopped saison we that's the some, one you're drinking right now that's what that's i'm drinking right now it's i always say people always ask me what's your go-to beer here you know it's i always say that it's just very i don't general purpose um i love the flavor uh we got the yeast from our buddies up at omega it's that saison stein that's a french belgian hybrid yeast and we just uh late hop it with mosaic and dry hop the snot out of it with mosaic and it's it's just a really fun beer. Any thought process behind Mosaic? I mean, just just had it, went for it, or did, preferred it? Did it, did it contribute something more to that style? Or I feel like we wanted to do a, a, a non-traditional Saison. So I was, you know, people usually use kind of a, you know, Belgian or like a, something a little spicy or something in it. And we opted for an uh, American fruit forward hop because um, we kind of wanted to do a Saison our style, which was yep. why we did, you know, not a whole lot of bittering and uh yeah late hopping dry hopping and uh i'm pretty happy with the results now we got our brew kitty with us yes the cat has jumped on the table does cat have a name the cat's name is luther hey luther he's uh a rescue he's here for you know general brewery cat purposes yeah just being awesome and getting uh, on instagram he's probably the biggest celebrity at windmill (laughs) people walk in see me or justin or mike and (laughs) where's luther (laughs) yeah yeah he is a fixture here he's a handsome fella he is a really nice looking cat and Mm -hmm. i am not a cat person but i love that cat (laughs) um he's he's very cat-like but um you know, we we have our moments in the morning. Sometimes I'll be 
you know, filling up the mash tun, sitting on the computer, paying some bills, and he'll jump in my lap, and it's like, oh, hey, buddy, what's up? Like, he's he's really cool. Yeah. Customers really love him, too. Um, well, you start to think of cats sometimes as, like, you know, they're not as social, I guess you'd say, so, you know, when you get him. one that's, like, he's up in the business right now. He's no, like, and he, he, he walks around no introductions. Yeah, yeah. He, he walks around the tap room on Friday nights and Saturday nights just, just like a king. Like, right. you know, he, he walks through the door, and, and he just struts his stuff. Like, <sighs> and all you the, can you tell. Know, oh, you hear it. Like, oh, and they're like, oh, the cat must be in the tap room. People are trying to get him to come by him, and he walks past like, he's nope. Like, <laughs> things to do, things to do. Yep. What's up, dog? Looking at just me like, looking at you. Who the hell are I'm you? I'm surprised he's not curled up on your backpack, yeah, honestly. Pretty soon. Oh, pretty soon. There Get in there, bro. He actually gets more likes than our actual beer posts do. That's, that's a, true. Oh, that's yeah. a damn shame. No, <laughs> yeah, I get it. Animals are way better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was, he was a rescue from a place, and uh, they we kind of told him what we were looking for. You know, it was going to be basically like, you know, cat to work in the back and, you know, try to keep our grains safe. And uh, they were like, oh, we got this perfect cat. He's not adoptable. He's not very social. Um, but you know, he'll, he'll be okay. And, uh, yeah, I don't think they could have been more wrong. I mean, they, no, he is the most social two, cat Two ever. months, two months and just open up the door waiting for him to come in and here, kitty, kitty, kitty. Yep. And about two months later, he's just sitting on customer's laps. He's just living the dream now. Oh yeah. yeah he, he, you can tell he enjoys it. That's so literally he, everything a rescue cat could hope for. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's like infinite amount of love from like all different people all the time, <laughs> every day. <laughs> So you, you kind of, uh, Justin, you mentioned a little bit, you mentioned spreadsheets and being a computer guy. So where, where were you at before before the beer world took a hold of you? Uh, I worked downtown for a venture capital company doing IT security work. You uh, say downtown, downtown Chicago? Downtown okay. Chicago, yeah. Um, and just the, the commute, I still do it four days a week, actually. Um, Dang. The, the commute is soul-sucking. It is just yeah. awful. Um, you know, the job's interesting and fun. I get to deal with a lot of cool technology and people and different businesses and stuff but you know beer sort of something that it's a creative outlet um you know tech is mostly just you know i'd sit and i get an email and i put a firewall rule in and you know it's they, they pay great but you know it's just not you know very interesting to me um but that's why the beer was always kind of a cool creative outlet so having the ability to turn that into a business and hopefully eventually have it become my full day job at some point would be kind of nice so you and scott met where at church church okay yeah. mm-hmm. so just just attended the same church and we're like hey so you like beer i like beer like, yeah you know you'd <laughs> sit in back afterwards and oh would you try this week oh i went out here and stuff and yeah it was clear that we both had a you know pretty good passion for beer and stuff like that so he came over and watched me homebrew once and so like oh this isn't so difficult is it like <laughs> if you've never done it before like it's such second nature for us now having brewed and homebrewed for long but to some people, it's like magic sometimes. And oh, it still is. To and me. you, you I've forget done a couple that. homebrew batches. It's still magical to me. And and I I forget that too. Like customers sometimes will be, you know, you see them by the window looking into the brewery and kind of like looking at things with like a quizzical look on their face and stuff. And you forget like they don't really know what goes on back here. That, that was us three years ago, like going to Three Floyds or going. Yeah, we'd always be like, by the window. Oh, what, what are they, they doing now? <laughs> just dumping those bags right in there. Huh? Now people yeah. are looking back here at us. We're like we're not really doing anything like <laughs> it's yeah this yeah this this is just the place we work now so i i think that it's just big shiny objects that people are in awe with yeah that people do love stainless like i not. i do i love stainless I too do. but <laughs> it is beautiful 
Well, you got the coffee roaster machine over there too. That thing looks like something out of Willy Wonka's uh, factory <laughs> here. Yeah, that it's got its own little bit of stainless on it and enamel white. It's beautiful. It's yeah. uh, two girls uh, out of Highland that we met through our accountant. Uh, who's friends with their insurance agent? Jesus, <laughs> Jesus. I think the this most is corporate a, way to <laughs> ever meet. Somebody. No, it was funny because the insurance guy and our accountant were we're all Dutch, with the exception of Mike, which you know we're not like Dutch ethnocentric here. But <laughs> I, your parents said I'm an honorary Verberg, so okay, that see? must go. That must like stretch something. So we we got to give you like a Dutch, either like beginning of your last name or end of your last name so you could be like glowacky smart or something <laughs> or de glowacky or, van or vander glowacky vander glowacky Glo- Glo- that one sounds like that. legit that's yeah. a tongue twister though like vander glowacky <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah just like our you know our church is a lot of dutch people our accountant's dutch the insurance guy's dutch the girls actually incidentally are not dutch but um it's sort of like a kind of tight community around here so you know somebody told somebody that Somebody wanted to do this. They knew that we were looking to get into coffee a little bit more here. Um, and these girls needed space for a roaster, uh, sort of, you know, low rent industrial kind of facility where they could stick it in the corner and roast their coffee and sort of start wholesaling. They eventually want to open their, their own coffee shop in Highland, but this is just kind of getting them off the ground. Oh, okay. So you just kind of like house it here and then you're like, we're allowed to use it too, that, that type of thing? We're allowed to use it uh, and they pay their rent in coffee beans. So that it's awesome. phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> it, was a, it was a very uh, very easy, quick negotiation. So we, we have their coffee yes. uh, in front all the time. Uh, we use their coffee and beers. We've roasted coffee on there before. What are uh, they called? What, what, what? Small Town Coffee Small Company. Small Town Coffee Company. Yeah. yeah, we've done a few coffee stouts with their, uh, their beans in them and they've been pretty stinking good. Such a great marriage for the two. It's beer, cool. Beer and coffee. Beer yeah. And, coffee. and we are hoping really soon to actually start doing our own coffee service really soon. You probably saw the espresso machine up front. You I didn't. Maybe you didn't. No. Shiny stainless. Um, <laughs> too uh, distracted by the board. Okay. We do We have all the pieces in place for it. We're just trying to get like the right people and um, permits. Oh, of course. Uh. <laughs> so, yeah. We have to deal with the uh, the health department now because we're uh, preparing a product, which is what coffee is, versus just right. dispensing one. Um, you learn a lot about uh, government and stuff that you never thought things. you were gonna. No, I remember when we were doing even construction for this, that uh, I was learning Indiana state building codes and fire codes and all that, and you know, diving deep into a, you know, two hundred page PDF on fire code requirements for a building like this. Yeah. Or it was pretty painful. It sounds but so daunting. Every. Every story has it. I mean, every this is you guys will be the twenty eighth episode that I've done. And <laughs> every story has that. I don't know whether it be obstacles for the city, for the permitting, for the the space that you're actually using, and oh sectioning yeah. it off for a tap room. Like, so when you guys got together, you, you met at church. So Scott, where are you coming from? What, what's what's your life like before before you get into this world? Uh, my grandfather started a. <clears throat> he's a farmer. So we have a local farm stand we sell vegetables at. So um, he started that about 60 years ago. So I graduated high a school. mere 60 years mere ago. mere 60 years ago. <laughs> so I graduated high school. My dad, you know, said, family business is here for you if you want to, you know, come on board and farm. So I said, sure. So uh, I've been doing that, you know, since then. So just turned 40, big 4 Oh, so nice. doing that 20, 22 years. Nice. So then... Uh, yeah, still do that full-time. So, like, when we first opened the brewery, me and Justin were keeping our full-time jobs, 
we leave leave our full time job, come here. Just know that I think and you guys are all nuts when you do that. So I, yeah, after a, after an eighteen twenty hour day, and then going home at two in the morning after brewing, or then waking up, the yeah. alarm going off at five o'clock, and be like, ah, <laughs> oh, why are we doing this? Doing it all over again. Yeah, we we would uh, I would pick up grain on my way home from the city in South Holland and get here, and we have our old psycho brew system that we started with. So what, that are you word getting, again. what are you getting <laughs> in South Holland? Like, what, what, What's in South Holland? That's uh, mid-country malt supply. Okay. Um, huge grain supplier. I mean, places plow there with semis and truckloads, and I would back my Honda Accord up nice. to their loading dock, and they'd open it up, and they'd look down and just kind of laugh. <laughs> They're like, how are you going to fit all this? And they're like, trust me, it fit, we'll, it'll fit. We'll figure it out. <laughs> it'll fit. And uh, yeah, I would pick that up on my way home from the city, come here, and we'd start heating up the strike water <laughs> um, and be here till one or two in the morning. Yeah, so you must have listened to one one of my podcasts. If you, the Psychover system is, is a continuing. Yeah, Our, ours, uh, ours has provenance too. It came from uh, One Trick Pony uh, oh, over nice. at Lansing. So One Trick Pony brewed on it, uh, Transient brewed on it. I mean, there's a lot of places that have oh, used Oh, Transient. That. Yeah, it's their popular one too, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if Transient ever actually brewed on that one. No? I know he was there when they were using it, but I think he had his own mash ton. Okay. Oh, Chris or uh, All right. Chris oh. Betts? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, you blame Three Floyds for getting us started, but I blame One Trick Pony. They kind of <laughs> threw the system in our lap, kind of like we, Just heard, we heard they were upgrading their system and then like, hey, what are you doing with your old system? And they're like, oh, we'll probably sell it online or, you know, post it for sale. And we both kind of like, huh. Hmm. Hmm. What's it it cost, like, for, like, a used psycho proof system like that? Like, what what kind of price range are you getting out of the... 10 to 12,000. And what what does that include? What does that, what does something like that come with? Generally, that'll be either three or four vessels, you know, a mash ton, a hot liquor tank, a boil kettle, a whirlpool kettle. Ours had four, um, and... Yeah, that and may- maybe a fermenter or two, but generally just the cycle brew system itself with all the you know gas burners and all the fittings and valves and all that. Usually okay. ten to twelve thousand for and a used one. And that's how you, that's how it all started. Yeah, yeah, that one, and and they had like a whole package for us too. I mean, they were like, well, what else do you guys need? And we're like, well, we need <laughs> fermenters. We need some glycol chillers. We got two three barrel fermenters from them. We still use um, you know just as small batches or stuff. We have glycol chillers we got from them with the system. Um, yeah, everything kind of came together there. We realized pretty quickly just looking at it that that number of fermenters was not going to work for us. So yeah. th- then we uh, started trolling Pro Brewer again and found the, our current setup of you know, six fermenters, two brights. And, um, yeah, we're going full steam right now on those. Oh, yeah. So now your your connection, you get you get this system. Like, How did you decide, like... Here's a business plan. I mean, what, what what went into this planning with the two of you guys? I, Mike, you're not in the story yet, right? No, this, no. You come after after the place is open, or no? Yeah, about a year and a half. Okay. Well, technically, so this is maybe like two years prior because we're not open yet. So probably about like another thirty minutes until I can start speaking. <laughs> <laughs> it's podcast. Well, time. Yeah, because we started in <laughs> September of was it. 14? I want to say it was 14 when we 14. actually registered the business name, and I started writing up the business plan. Do I even have to ask about when, why windmill? I mean, it should be implied. It's pretty obvious your by Dutch, now. Your Dutchness. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. People ask. People still ask that. I, some a lot of people don't know we're Dutch, so they say, why windmill? You know, and then then they come. Oh, okay. Oh, like that duh. makes sense. It's almost <laughs> too obvious. Like we did actually go. But when a little they see bit. closed Sunday on the sign, they should know that we're Dutch, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those well, Dutch Calvinists. <laughs> if it's yeah, if it's ingrained in this community, I'm sure people are like, ah, oh, that's yep. obviously what's up. Yep. 
Yeah, so yeah, business plan, and then um, we started working with the landlord. Landlord was totally cool with it, and then uh, then that fun with the zoning and the town comes into play that you were talking about a little earlier. We had challenge. F- I mean, it was like you're being treated well. It's just hard, or is it like you got you're just like fighting it every was, turn for? People? I would call it indifference. I would say, um, you know, we were hearing all these other breweries um, that were trying to go other towns, and they're like they're throwing land or money or tax incentives at them, and Dyer was like me. They're like, uh, we want to open a brewery here in town. They're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, where? And we told them, they're like, oh, they're really like, all right, we don't think the zoning's good. They're like, well, we don't really need another bar in town. We're like, well, we're not a bar. Not a we bar. we make the beer. And they're like, oh, you make the beer there? And we're like, yeah, well, we're a, a brewery. They're like, so you're, so you're a bar that makes its own beer. And we're like, yeah, that's nope. what a brewery is. So then they were like, all right, well, then you're clearly an industrial facility, so you cannot operate in where you want to go now because you're producing a product. So we're like, all right, great. Now we got to back off and try to find some other property. Couldn't that we'd liked and uh, or would rent to us. And uh, <laughs> we actually got it flat out rejected by one place. We'd walked through it two or three times. And yeah. finally that guy was like, well, what are you guys wanting to do? We're like, oh, we're going to do a brewery. You know, we figure like brewery back here. He had like a really cool area for a tap room that had like, old wood planks on the floor and like kind of a cool ceiling and it would have been very kind of farmhousey and stuff and okay. he was like no i just don't think it's gonna work guys and we're like oh uh okay <laughs> shit so then we went back to this place and uh um uh, yeah through our lawyer and everything kind of you know a lot more digging into town codes and zoning and trying to find all that stuff out this is zone special use so there's a list of uses that are allowed there's a list of uses that are prohibited and then if it doesn't fall in either of those categories then it's uh or as allowed so we had to make a case to them um for what we were doing how we were going to do it um actually had to bring in a tupperware of mash to the town council meeting to show them what it smells like they were concerned about the smell upsetting the hospital patients next door Uh, and then there was also a lady concerned about our CO2 output because it was a greenhouse gas. Oh, your, uh, your footprint, huh? Yeah, your our carbon, carbon footprint. footprint. She was concerned about the fact that CO2 is a byproduct of fermentation and that, therefore, it was uh, contributing to global warming and greenhouse ah, gases. Yes. Um, so all that. And you're, I'm just, you know, it's some... Like, you know what 20 some year old guy standing up in front of these people like sweating and you know there are any questions from any attendees here you know we had to send out notices for the zoning meeting and stuff and you show up and there's like people there and you're like oh shoot like, they're here for they're all here against the brewery yeah. you know? and, and actually funny. incidentally they were not there was another <laughs> subdivision that the town was trying to open up that and they were all very angry about that they could not Pitchforks have were out for yeah except guys. for this one lady who was concerned about our our greenhouse gases um, but they, they did eventually, uh, allow it and, um, yeah, then we could move forward with, we didn't, we hadn't started construction yet. We had the lease, um, you know, like a contingent on approval of the zoning and then, um, yeah, then after that got approved, we started construction. Well, yeah, the worst was the wait. Cause they'd be like, Oh, just wait with next month. We'll put it off till next month. You know, go back to the study session and bring it back to us next month. We're like, that's 30 days from now. Right. And they're like, well, we yeah, start you gotta, brewing beer you know, to them. It. It's like, Oh, it's just. Put it off another month. And we got the equipment. We got, you know, working here. And it's like, How's the game plan when you're approaching, like, when you know when it's ready and you're allowed to brew in your space? Like, what's your game plan going in? Like, how are you, how are you going to keep those lines full? How many you want to open with? Like, that kind of thing. Uh, It's 
it's terrifying and we're just i was always saying we were just flying by the seat of our pants like we we truly didn't know what we were doing and i'm still honestly surprised it went as well as it did um you know we were just doing double batches a lot of the things i think about we used to when we were brewing and just i don't know how it would work we used to pre-chill water on the brights for pushing through the glycol chiller rather than just using utility I mean, just silly things like that i i honestly didn't know any better um and we got a lot of help from a lot of people around here like jonathan from one trick pony um when he was working at one trick pony would come over after he was done brewing and just hang out and, well, what are you doing why are you doing that he would you know all right here's how you should do it and just, like oh just watch, or no, he wouldn't even eye. say that he would go if I were brewing, and it was always like very a very I'm nice tell suggestion. You what to do, yeah. but if it was you're me. wrong. <laughs> but he was very cool about it, and he would like just pick up a mop and start cleaning and stuff. And I was like, no, don't worry about it, dude. Like, no, I just love helping. You know, he's he's such a cool guy. Um, we, we really love him. It's the best part of the beer world, man. People just yeah, you just he'd get done with the twelve hour brew day, come here and start helping us mopping and mixing ingredients. I was like. Don't you just want to go home and chill? Nope. That's probably <laughs> <laughs> and you just know I I just love beer. He's and actually brewing at a transient now. Yep. Oh, is he really? Yeah. Uh, Making <laughs> the drive from Lansing to Michigan every wow. day. So that should show you the amount of drive that that Hell guy yeah. has. Not a bad place to work for, I imagine. Uh, they're doing some fine things now. Oh yeah. Now, okay. So do you, you guys have mentioned one one trick a few times. So you have a Lansing connection somewhere? Or? Scott and I are both yeah. from Lansing. Oh, oh originally well that makes sense. And that's yeah. from my uh, farm stand. Is oh. that's where that's located. So I was gonna yeah. say one trick. I, the only thing I know about one trick, uh, my friend Pete hosts an open mic there. <laughs> he does an okay. open mic on Wednesdays there. That's a, I don't know much about them, but you should definitely reach out and talk to them. Mark is kind of a figure in this industry around here. Like they've gotten a lot of people off the ground. Um, just very, very helpful. You know, with us and our equipment. Um, and yeah, like like we said, Transient kind of got their start there too. Um, but yeah, great guys over there. Yeah, I've heard good things about them. So now what? You got your you got your system up. You're prepping for, for day. Like what's the what's your timeline look like? I'm probably gonna screw it up in my head, but it's you know, at, while we were doing construction, no we, fact checking happens on this show. The the other thing you have to do too in the in the brewing world is so we had the construction permit approval, but we didn't have the brewing system really in place yet because we didn't want to start doing any, you know, plumbing or piping or anything for that. So we couldn't even get started on that until we had the zoning approval. Once we had that. Then we started going through the, you know, hooking the brewing system up, getting the fermenters piped, all that. You can't even technically file your permit with the federal government for a brewer's permit until all that stuff is in place. Um, and that is a, I think it's a three-month period to go through the federal thing. Um, and then there's a state permit you also have to get, but you can't file for your state permit until your federal permit's approved. Oh, Lord. Um, so so you're just, about. you're sitting basically with a fully built-out brewery um, and I'm sure some places kind of fudge on that a little bit because they know that I'm not saying we did that, but you know, you know, there's a waiting permit or a waiting period for that permit. So, you know, like not everything has to be like plumbed, filled with glycol ready to go, but you, you're kind of expecting like a three month lag there. And, um, the federal permit actually went really quickly for us. That was actually really cool. Um, I'm not sure how many people say that about their federal <laughs> permit approval process, but ours was pretty smooth. They, uh, they update you th- Throughout the whole process, there's a website. You can see whose hands the permit's in, what agent it is. If you have questions, you can contact them. If there's something that's hung up, you know, they'll they'll reach out to you. Like, they were actually pretty cool. Um, so we got that. Then Indiana's is uh, a form you have to fill out with 
basically pen and mail it down Ouch. to Indianapolis. <laughs> Good old Indiana. Yeah, they're a little. They, uh, they haven't changed that since. I mean, mm, they still haven't. I just sent in our renewal, and it was literally Good a Lord. Manila envelope with like I don't know, probably seven or eight pages of paper. I had to sign in ink and send it down to our processor. And yeah, Indiana, it, their their filing system for like our excise stuff has has gone pretty well like that's all electronic now but the permit system is still definitely a little outdated but it it is what it is i mean you just kind of get used to it and it's it's really not hard to deal with but you you do kind of chuckle a little bit the federal one was really cool Uh, it wasn't painful but yeah then that's good so then once you can't you can't brew a drop of beer until you have either of those two permits in hand so you're sitting looking at a fully built out brewery so we focus primarily on the back at first um, once that was all done, then we started moving towards the tap room because we knew that we would still have to wait for those permits, actually brew the beer, ferment the beer, package it, then have the tap room available. So, um, yeah, we kind of opened, we did like a little soft opening in July of that year, on it, like the last weekend of July. That was what, 2015, 2016, 2015? 15. 15. Yeah. And we would, when we started too, we, it was like either Scott or me behind the bar. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, we were open Fridays and Saturdays. That was it. Yeah. Oh, really? It was just Friday and Saturday. Friday and Saturday. That was it. And it Although the first soft opening was a Thursday. All of a sudden, you just put the open sign on. We had three or four beers on. Just to see what would happen. You know, work just the kinks out. Check it out. Yeah. A lot of kinks? Uh, not terrible. I mean, no. just like the draft system and stuff. Uh, and we had a, you know, a lot of help kind of putting that together and things like that. But yeah, it really wasn't that bad. And then we started just doing Fridays and Saturdays. We had... Uh, some local food trucks that we would set up to come out because uh, we don't have food and we still don't have food. Um, and I just slowly expanded the schedule out to six days a week. So how did Dyer receive you guys? I mean, right off the bat, like early days, was it just like, was it that excitement of we don't have one of these yet or was it, you know, well, we got three Floyds up the road, but. No, there's, there's a really good craft beer community around here of people and like they're, they know their beer too. They, uh, you know, you, you can't just, pop open a brewery here nowadays i mean you got to actually make a really good really good beer uh in order to stand out and uh i feel like we we had a pretty good reception um you know it wasn't like lines out the door and like a grand opening or anything like that it was it was pretty cool but it was very very controlled um and we were sort of trying to pace it nicely with making sure we could keep up with production and still keep up with our day jobs and it's difficult right yeah we neither of us you know jumped ship from our job for this and we both have four kids you know and houses and wives and a lot so you of expenses each has four kids yourselves yes so eight kids total between the two of you guys yep. Jeez. yeah good for you guys yeah so uh you know it's spreading those genes <laughs> <laughs> making those little, a little brewery staff. yeah little little dutch kids which yeah. aren't any which aren't even allowed in the brewery yeah that's true that's true i just found that out from talking to you before we started yeah indiana um you know we were really close to the border like we were kind of talking about with the us coming from Lansing thing, but we get a lot of people that come over here um, that are used to the, like, you know, Hailstorm or One Trick Pony or even in Michigan, the same thing. You know, you go up yeah. to Greenbush up there and you're sitting at the bar and there's a, you know, kid eating goldfish and playing Legos next to you and you're like, what's up, man? Yep. But Indiana, no bueno. Um, wow. you, you cannot do that in the state of Illinois, Indiana. So we get a lot of people coming over and you see them, like, you could get out of their car, and there's a kid in tow, and it's oh, like, oh, shit. shoot. Who's got to go, go out this. there? Who's got to go out there and tell them? Yeah, and, you, you know, you got to be that bad guy, too, and, and uh, 
you know, you explain to them as best you can. Like, it's, it's not our rule. We have kids. We love kids. Like, we would love for kids to be able to come in here, but uh, just can't do it here yet. Um, supposedly, they are working on changing that. Yeah, let's hope. Let's hope. I mean, my kids spend so much time in breweries now. It's like well, and just <laughs> they and, love and, it. And what we've said too, in in the guild, our our Indiana State Brewers Guild is kind of helping us with this. Although they're really kind of spearheading it, we were just the ones who made the initial request about it. Um, you know, what better thing to show people drinking in a positive light? You know, it's like you're trying to show your kids like drinking isn't this like boogeyman. It's you know because we always joke too like. That even in Indiana, if it's a restaurant that serves beer, there has to be, a, I think, a 36-inch high partition between the bar and the restaurant side of things. Wow. So we always joke about, you know, you can't let those kids see the, you know, debauchery of, you know, yes. what, what's gonna, what sort of moral decay is gonna happen if they see a person have a beer dispensed Hoisting and drinking. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, you just teach your kids, you know, about responsible drinking and craft beer and good beer and go from there. So hopefully that'll change pretty soon. Yeah. So then your open your doors are open. People start coming in. How'd you end up with Mike? Uh, Mike, we saw him uh, on the street corner. He was kind of wandering, <laughs> panhandling. Manderly, yeah, like, he looks he looks like a brewer. You know, if yeah. you've uh, you ever do have seen, a brewing look to you. If you've ever seen like a sad dog, like you know, on the side of the road in a like really bad rainy day, that's kind of how they stumbled upon me. <laughs> so ooh, moping around. But <laughs> there's also a one trick pony connection there. Oh wow! With Mike. Uh, he's been best friends with Jonathan over there since fourth grade. Uh, like, like forever. I don't know. For about like 10, 12 years, something like that. Okay. I don't know Jonathan. Jonathan is the owner. Jonathan the Hickey. Co-founder. Jonathan was the head brewer over at uh, One Trick Pony. Okay. And he uh, recently left to go He's the one that's, that's at Transient. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Apparently I need to follow the story better. <laughs> <laughs> Keep up. Yeah. <laughs> I told you I'm not familiar with One Trick so much. I just I know a little bit about him from people. I've just never been there yet. I'll have to make it a point to well, get out there. If you walk there. into One Trick, there's a picture of him right when you walk oh, in. Oh yeah, oh. At, dar- at Dark <laughs> Lord Day, passed out on a picnic oh, table. Oh perfect. So if, with a bunch of empty beers around him. So <laughs> when you see that picture, that's Jonathan. It's a good day. Sounds like a good day. So what brought you here? What brought you here, Mike? Um, beer, I guess. I mean, <laughs> Just to be like you know forthright about it. Um, so I actually used to work at One Trick Pony as well. I was working uh, part time there, and uh, I took on a job as a draft technician. So I would go and clean draft systems like all over the city, and in Southern Indiana, and you know all all across the area. And uh, it was so like soul sucking, like <laughs> cleaning beer lines for beers that like i felt like i could be doing better because you know i've been home brewing since it, like forever basically since i was like 21 or maybe younger but uh yeah it was uh or pretty maybe younger yeah it was pretty <laughs> depressing cleaning all those lines and trying all these beers and seeing that like these breweries are selling beers to these bars and like making a ton of money when i could probably be doing the same thing and uh you know i've just been in the beer industry for the past like five years and at that time that was probably like the past like three years so uh i asked jonathan if he knew anyone that needed like a brewer like assistant brewer anything like a cellarman and he's like actually yes uh windmill brewing and uh my friend justin you know in the guise of jonathan uh my friend justin was saying that he could really use someone so 
Uh, I came over here one day. I had texted Justin the night before, and he answered me like immediately. That face or that that fast uh, that Facebook, Facebook response, response yeah. time, baby. <laughs> and uh, windmills known for it. <laughs> yeah, we we sat down for about like twenty thirty minutes. Uh, kind of talked just generally about things. Never really like discussed anything really and kind of just felt each other out and <laughs> not physically <laughs> no. <laughs> nope I, and there's I know been plenty of that since then that didn't, that didn't yeah. happen until later yeah. <laughs> just ease him into it and uh yeah i i guess he liked the cut of my jip and uh he talked to scott I love and that phrase <laughs> he talked to scott and then he got back to me uh i think like a day or two later and said that i could come in and you know start working so yeah we had we had been passively looking for a brewer i would say at that point i was realizing that we were kind of getting to the point where it was getting to be a bit too much for me trying and to I brew, run the business and, and do your and do your right. jobs as well yeah and and, and i didn't want to just put a general want ad out there you know because the, you don't know who you're going to get there's probably gonna be a lot of things and i don't really know what to look for in a brewer you know because i still kind of just yeah, you look like him I say that hair. I'm kind of yeah. just look for more hair. hair. Yeah, and I finally <laughs> did grow the beard, but um, <laughs> yeah, Keeping I, it clean I, for a long time. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it, I just sort of, kind of selectively asked a couple other breweries around here. Like you know, I assume they get flooded with stuff all the time too. Like, hey, I would like to come work by you guys. And I just said, you know, if you know anybody um, that you think would be good for us, just let us know. And that's exactly exactly what happened. So it was, it, it was, worked out pretty good. It worked out very well. <laughs> You said you're a workhorse, right? Yes. He's the yes. guy. He's the guy. An oxen. <laughs> an, o- an oxen of sorts. So how do you guys split duties now? I mean, you, you, you guys probably did all the brewing right away, right? And, that, and that's it? And then now you get... Uh, brewing, cellaring, packaging. Get I still a look new back toy and, and you're I'm like, yeah, we got somebody to do <laughs> some stuff. Like. Yeah, and we, we, you know, he just jumped in. You know, it was, it was very... It, it wasn't a very hard transition, you know, it was... You know, he he had a lot of industry knowledge. You know, just working around the equipment and stuff. Um, so, yeah, it was pretty seamless. I don't really remember anything. I had actually previously used that system over at One Trick Pony exactly. as well, so it kind of oh, just right. worked out like really there. well. Yeah. So, yeah, what kind of stuff did you get to do at One Trick? You were just kind of helping out. Just assisting? general labor. Um, so when I first started out over there, I would uh obviously do like grunt work, like graining out, mopping, cleaning kegs. Uh, just like generally keeping the place clean and um, it kind of went a little more up from there Uh, I would be given more responsibilities as you know it was noticed that I could like understand things and understand what to do (laughs) and uh, he's got the look (laughs) yeah as soon as I started growing more hair that's when I started getting more responsibilities Um, so funny that people like such a stereotype yeah, yeah don't cut his hair (laughs) <laughs> don't touch his hair no, my girlfriend won't let me actually really yeah that's good that's a good thing right <laughs> Wait, you secretly want like a nice buzz cut like? oh no no <laughs> i my my head is like such a weird shape <laughs> <laughs> that's why he wears the beanie too it's like yeah for real it's like <laughs> it's like the goonies basically <laughs> <laughs> Got curvature and bumps <laughs> that you're not proud of. When I start getting a little buzz, one of my eyes like closes a little bit more than the other. <laughs> pirate eye. That's the pirate eye. Yeah, I know. I know that eye. My wife's cousin's got one of those eyes. We call him the pirate eye. <laughs> a couple drinks, and all of a sudden, you start to see that little. I so hope Forrest Whitaker isn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> He's amazing. 
He obviously listens, guys. I mean, <laughs> obviously. Podcast is huge. He's a big fan of ours. Yeah. <laughs> I could tell. So what 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 were some of the kind of like milestone beers for you guys in the last three years? What were some of the ones that were like, okay, this stuff's working. I know you mentioned the pale ale when you first did it against your will. Yeah, and I wouldn't say that really put us on the map. It just sort of gave us a little bit of uh, headroom, I would say. You know, it would we would make it, it would sell, and I would just always say I was using that to fund some of our other sort of crazy ventures. Um, so really, I think single, double, triple that uh, – the Belgian double IPA kind of put us on the map. Definitely two of my citra after that. Yeah, that was when we started going into the the hazy beers. That was just sort of becoming a thing, although it really wasn't a thing around no, here. No, not then. Um, so that was where we kind of came up with the yeah two of my citra and the grain bill and all th- citra. And I think I came on maybe two or three weeks after the first release of that beer. Okay, yeah, that sounds about right. So that so was right as soon as basically as soon as we started like going hazy is when I when I came on was that a style that you had are had no not at all I mean uh I I had drinking a couple because uh you know I've had beers from like Tired Hands Hill Farmstead uh The Alchemist uh, and stuff like that so I've only ever like tried them but I've never actually intentionally brewed like a New England IPA like I've done wheat IPAs before and like you know, obviously wheat lending a lot of creaminess and a lot of, True. you know, some haze. Uh, it, it gave me an idea of what to expect, but I've never, before that point, I had never actually like set out to brew anything like that. So it was completely a new experience for me. And I'm I'm pretty sure it was a pretty new experience for you when, when you did Two of by Citra the first time as well. Yeah, it wasn't anything I had home brewed. It was just sort of from, from trying Trillium beers. I, I would blame them oh, mostly. Trillium. Which is, they're just, <laughs> it, that, those were one of those beers that's, it's. I've, I've still never had one. Life changing. Or, or a tree Do house. It. Never oh, had man. a treehouse, never had a Trillium beer. It, both it, of them. They're, th- those breweries are just out of this world. Yeah, I think I had. And, and I'm a big fan of the style. I mean, I love the fact that I can get them around here now. That, like, actually, you know, they make reasonably good versions of it now around here, but. That style comes up in every episode. Every episode I do, we talk about the hazy beer, and and some brewers fight it. Some people, you know, some of them embrace it. I mean, it, what what made you pivot into your first like hazy style release? It was just another kind of thing that I uh, I tried another brewery that you know did it really well. You know, kind of back to my Three Floyds thing, and thought, well, what would it take to make this? So, I think my parents had been in Boston and. Had said you know is there any beer you want us to get while we're here yes and i was like yes there's this place called trillium i would like you to get <laughs> and my mom you know texts me a picture of their board she's like wow this place is really busy and i was like yeah it's a little crazy uh, just get me you know whatever, whatever you can get and whatever you can fit in your suitcase and i think she was like 0.1 ounces under the weight limit for the suitcase yes. and nice. um just crack one of those beers open and it's just hop heaven and it was just, that was one of those things where it was like whoa like what what can i do to make something like this so yeah two of by citra was sort of our first venture into that world and again you know i would read all the you know homebrew forums and you know michael read, tonsmere. reading guys like michael tonsmere and and uh all these other guys that are doing these hazies out there and basically just all right let's you know scale it up and we were doing 65 gallon batches at the time so uh yeah just, just did that and it went really well uh we got um, our, our label artist, uh, who's a guy out in Florida to do a little bit of like a Paul Revere, New England thing, holding up a hop cone instead of <laughs> the, uh, the lantern. Nice. Um, so just kind of, you know, a, a nod to the, the region that those come from. And, um, yeah, that one went really well. I think that got really well received. 
uh, when that went into cans too. Um, canning uh, had also at that point had been kind of a new-ish thing to us. Um, so you have your own canning line. We have our own canning line. It's a cast nice. MCS. It's right behind you. It's yeah, a right uh, two-head filler, single seamer, um, very manual. Um, but we wanted to, uh, everything we've done here has been kind of like done by us, uh, secondhand equipment. You know, we don't really buy anything new. Um, so that was something that we bought from another brewery out in Colorado. Um, and, uh, yeah, had it shipped over here and we started doing 12 ounce cans on it. And I think probably the first thing that was said to us about those cans is when you guys doing 16 ounce cans, and it was like, <laughs> okay, and you're geeks, man. I know and it, it, you do the math on it too. And it's like 16 ounce cans are, it's a lot less handling for us. Um, like, the, oh yeah. the format is just really nice. Like the size of it, 12 ounce cans just feel really dinky nowadays too. Yes, we, they do. we just did 12 ounce cans this past week. We did our Imperial stout in 12 ounce cans, which I don't think you'd want a 16 ounce can of that. Some people be, might. Well, but. yeah, I mean, like my wife likes them too, so it's nice to split. It's nice to have, you have like right. the eight ounce, you know, the big old stout, like especially like what Rev did this year with with the the death buys and that. Like that's nice. The death exactly. Star. Exactly. And, but when we opened too, we always kind of wanted to skew more towards the can angle. We were very, I wouldn't say anti bomber, but we just did our first bottle release two weeks ago now. Yeah. Uh, we did a barrel aged version of the 40 Hulking Giants. That was the first beer we've ever bottled. Um, we're just, that's gotta be interesting, right? You've, you've been canning all this time and just all of a sudden now you're bottling. Oh it. yeah. We were, we were you know, bottling like home brewers. I mean, you know, right. just washing the bottles. We had a little bottling, Bottle wand, tree. you know, <laughs> purge it. Yeah. Purge it with CO2 and cap it. And, um, it went, it went pretty well, but yeah, we're certainly not professional bottlers, but yeah, the 16 ounce can size is just really nice. It's nice for like a, especially the hazies and stuff. It's nice single oh, serving. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, it's a good honest price point you know you're not kind of gouging people sometimes those bombers can get really pricey and it's you're looking crazy. at it and you're like this is like once a you start to like learn when you're a craft beer guy like you're just you know not a brewer just a guy that loves to chase craft beer down like you start to learn eventually you hit that point in your life where you're like this bombers are not feasible to just right always you know yeah and i think when we launched two by citra too it was like a 15 dollar price point for the four pack of 16 ounce cans and people are like whoa 14 bucks for cans and stuff you're like totally reasonable that's like a seven dollar yeah. bomber like that's yeah. really not mm-hmm. a big deal like it's like a growler like a 15 dollar growler yeah, nobody has had knife right you know <laughs> 15 dollars for a growler but then yep. four pack because it comes in a big glass bottle and 64 ounces and you people gotta, don't like to do math you gotta drink like it within 24 hours and labeling yeah. and like what did we say what did we say before can, we started numbers are hard numbers are hard hard yeah, we can do multiples of 16 really quickly yeah. and easily, though, and convert those to gallons and barrels that we've found. Everything else, you got to get the calculators out. Now, Scott Houdini'd away from the mic for a minute, and he handed me something. What do I got here, Scott? That is the 40 hulking giants we were just talking about. Not not the barrel age? Not this the barrel is, age okay. yet. Working your way up. That That is on tap, though. But um, that was one of our first uh, Imperial Milk Stouts. Or that was the first really big beer that we did. Um, that was the first beer that we ever barrel aged too although that was you know two years ago at this point we started with little journeyman barrels and have kind of worked up since then this is really tasty but that's so. why i had to houdini out of here because <laughs> i'm in charge of the tap room that's where me and justin's wall is over there like he takes care of the back <laughs> of the house here i take care of the tap room so who's the fine gentleman up there up front now that is nick 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 kyle for nick. all you ladies out there we have a <laughs> handsome server named he nick probably kyle. knows you already when, he, nick when you come in i'm sure he'll ask for your snapchat just give me a heads up <laughs> ladies yeah no we we love nick we got him from uh twin Cade up the road here uh that was another sort of internal hire where we were 
passively looking for someone and just kind of reaching out to some of our accounts that we needed a, a full-time, you know, weekday bartender because uh, it's pretty much impossible for Scatter Eye to be here at 3 o'clock to open uh, with our day jobs. And we had wanted, we were opening at 5 at that time, and we had wanted to extend it earlier to 3. Um, so that was where we kind of came across Nick. So he's been here for over a year at this point, I'd say. And uh, he's great. We love him. Can you uh, break down, get into this beer for me? Talk a little bit about, uh, was it Hulking Giants? 40, 40 Hulking, Hulking Giants. Giants. So it's a, just a Imperial Milk Stout is what we call it. Um, just a lot of lactose. Um, molasses goes into that. Um, or brown sugar also goes into that. So it's, uh, you know, kind of adjuncty, but not really a pastry stout. I don't know. We made that long before pastry stouts were a thing. It doesn't feel like a pre- pastry stout. I wouldn't call it a pastry good. stout. No, it, it's it's big and sweet, but it, it's, it's like kind of intentional. Stout, so, yeah, it's, <laughs> Basically, it's yeah. Just big and creamy uh, and lends nice to barrel character, too. It's not like super thick, like chewy. It's it's good. It's just it's, it's in a good spot. Yeah, and so the, the 12-ounce can of that, that, you know, that'd be a good serving. You know, that's right. an 8-ounce. We normally serve it in the tap room, but that's about all you'd want, I'd say. So... Two by Citra brings you kind of into the the first run at like the hazy game, I guess, which which is now the haze realm, right? <laughs> like the haze craze is so big right now. So, uh, like I think the first beer or like can of your guys as I saw was uh, is it Memes and Dreams? Is that what we? Yeah. Okay. So Memes and Dreams is uh, again like Mike and I's. You know, we love Tired Hands and all those kind of East Coast guys, and they did that uh, milkshake style IPA with Omnipollo, I think was yeah who they collabed with and. Neither of us had ever had it and just wanted to try it. And we figured, well, rather than trading or any of that other, you know, sort of headaches that you can get into with that, we thought, well, why don't we just make one? So we uh, we came up with a recipe for that without ever having tried a milkshake IPA before. And um, that sort of launched us kind of into interesting category that we weren't really prepared for um, with, like, <laughs> can release days and, like, oh, lines man, and no. dealing with, like, you know, people asking about people get a little upset, like about like information oh, do when they? they want this oh, stuff. Do it, they? It, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I don't. Yeah, that, oh it's, man, this is a very common story that but I'm hearing. It, it, it's a it's a great and a terrible thing because like you know we have like a line of beers that do insanely well, but like these people when they don't have it, it's like <laughs> it's like bad things for them. They, yeah. they they get very hooked very very quick and and you know, I they, like they become a little like harassing on our bartenders sometimes like especially with like fake like fake news you know they'll <laughs> they'll hear something through like a pipeline or whatever and like someone will have like some false information mm-hmm. about like a release date a or limit something. or some, something uh, or the, time or date the or big thing that people keeps talking about right now is the release of orange memesicle which isn't happening <laughs> and they keep going up to our bartenders being like so when's it happening? Is it this Friday? Is it this and Saturday? We're like, when's it happening? Like, no, is why, it coming out this Friday? Why is that happening? We're not false sure. information. You guys already know. did Orange Meme Sickle at some point, then? Yeah, yeah. Okay. That, we've done three batches of that okay. probably so, yeah. at this point. That's another thing that we weren't really used to dealing with too. Is people always like, "Why don't you just make that beer all the, all time, the time so I can have it?" And it's like, "Well, we can't really do that. We gotta have to make other beers too." I mean, we could, but you'd get sick of it pretty quick. Yeah. But uh, Orange Meme Sickle is one that. Uh, we came up with as a uh, an idea that we'd, we'd had a lot of Noon Whistles beers in those gummy series. And, Love uh, me some gummies. And it was we were like, well, has anybody ever actually put gummy bears in a beer? And uh, 
we have Albany's Candy Factory right up the road from us down here who makes these the best world class gummies, the world class gummy bears, the butterflies, the bears. They're all they're delicious. arguably actually like rated like the best gummy the bears one. in the world. Yeah, yeah, we and always get them when we're out this way. And they have a series of dreamsicle gummy bears that was they do orange, strawberry, and lime, and you can buy just the orange in bulk. So we would send somebody over there, you know, either Mike or AJ or somebody, <laughs> and plunk down. You know, I would like, you know, this many pounds of your gummies, you know, at the bulk store. And they're just like, okay. <laughs> you know, then, I, yeah. I really like gummies. Yeah. Like, <laughs> We're not, like, like what are you doing with these? It, it, nobody ever asked that. That was the best part. Until this past time, AJ went to pick them up. And uh, they were like, you know, there's a brewery around here that makes a beer with these. And AJ was just pointed to himself like, that's me. And they're like, oh. So <laughs> that was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, that was sort of where that idea came from. It's sort of melding the the milkshake and then also using those orange cream gummy bears, which all our milkshakes have real fruit in them. The orange cream gummy one has no real fruit in it. It is just gummy, gummy bears, bears, which is like, we know it's probably like some fake vanilla extract and like citrus right. rind extract and stuff, but the taste is just incredible. And we're it's pretty basically like that. straight up like orange dreamsicle, like orange cream soda turn into like a beer. Yeah. I just cool. want to try it. You guys are pissing me off. Sorry. No, the beer almost it. like didn't happen like five times. Really? I had been like jumping through so many hoops to. So I, uh, when we had first started talking about this, it's like, all right, let me start planning it. Like, let me try and find a way to, to, to get, like, just the base raw ingredients of it. So I had tried contacting Albanese for, like, a month straight, and I had basically gone up their entire pyramid to their boss level, and uh, their boss level happened to be uh, a, a... She was a, she's a very nice lady <laughs> with a lot of empowerment behind her. Ah. And uh, as, ah. soon as, I, as soon as I got to that... Um, everyone was like, yes, yes, yes. We'd love to make this happen. As soon as I got to her, she's like, no, like there's no way that this is going to happen. And I kind of like was like, yeah, I, I tried using my charm, which didn't really help that much, but it oh, helped a little bit. Those luscious and locks. <laughs> that. It, it's because we're talking through the phone. She couldn't see them. That's oh. That was the problem. That was the problem. Uh, she basically started to agree that it would be cool that we should do it. And uh, she said that she wanted her people to be basically in charge of all the quality control and they want to control the recipe and everything. That's interesting. Well, you know, you guys don't really like brew beer. You guys make candy. Like, you know, like I I can't even like get off on a, on a start off for like a sample for you guys until I at least have like something to use. And they're like, well, we're not going to give that to you until we can do it. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. It's like exactly. It's it's (laughs) chicken and egg. Like I can't do that until you give me this. So, they basically roadblocked us and tried to make it not happen. So we just went there and bought it ourselves, <laughs> yeah. which has worked out fine. Yeah. Really, I mean, like they haven't like called and then like, nope, we're suing. No, you we guys. we don't advertise them at all. Uh, so or they're not advertising them actually right, right no, their, now. So. Their name isn't on the beer label at all. We don't see you know made with blah yeah, blah blah. Right, I mean, everybody right. knows who makes them, but yeah. I think that was their primary concern was just their brand and like, stuff nope, like these that. Are if we were use it, these so. are Brock's. These are Brock's brand. Yeah. No, we we it's been working out fine and really i think like buying them bulk the way we kind of process them too is actually going pretty well rather than getting like raw ingredients from yeah. them and putting them in the beer it's you know it's just made with gummy bears 
So uh, the meme stuff like that—that's that, a series. I mean, how many of these have you done? Different variations on that. And like, what was the the first one? And so we have sort of the meme series, and then the memesicle series, which is sort of an offshoot. That's that. the so the memes versus like the New England style. The meme, memesicle ones are made with gummy bears. They're, so they're all milkshakes. Uh, the the memesicles just don't have fruit. Okay. Yeah. So memesicles all are all gummy bear based. So we did a uh, orange and a strawberry and a lime one of that. Which That's are the awesome. three flavors that Albanese makes? Um, <laughs> doing the orange, doing the strawberry and lime probably aren't going to happen anytime soon because we have to buy those in a mixed pack. Okay. They don't sell those bulk, uh, and separate them by hand, oh. which is interesting. <laughs> that was fun. That was. Yeah, we fun. ended up separating them and each gaining a pound that day. I think. Cause <laughs> yeah, because you know, yep, you better you eat this one. one. Better one, eat this one. One for the bucket. One for <laughs> Justin. One for the bucket. And we were debating one. which one was the best flavor, so we're eating them and. No, I think this it, one's better. The green were better. really good. The green I were really good. Really, really like. Yeah, those. we did do a, a a meme school with the greens, but that one was. Uh, I don't know if we'll do that again. Just hand separating those was just a pain. Yeah. The strawberry one, I was pretty happy with too. The strawberry one too. We also wanted to do that as a sour, so we called that a Burmeemervice. Ah, Burmeemervice. There's those puns like that us brewers love, you know. So good at them. <laughs> so that was a, basically just like a really simple like kettle sour Berlinervice, but then we put the strawberry gummies in it. Um, and, and canned it. That was pretty fun, too. Um, the memes series are ones that are, you know, true milkshakes with lactose, real vanilla beans, uh, and real fruit. So we've done a mango, double mango, peach, double peach, pineapple, double pineapple, and a lemon one. And blueberry. And blueberry. I forgot about the blueberry one. Can't leave out blueberry. No, the blueberry one <laughs> I really liked. Uh, I would say in terms of rankings, though, that was one people probably liked the least. Yeah, yeah, I so. think that are the uh, well as far as the memes and dreams. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, and blueberry is a weird flavor because you know, if you think about eating a blueberry, it's pretty flavorful and it's really about that like pop and texture when you bite it, and then you get kind of get that sweet and it's a little kind of berry and floral. But translating that into a beer is uh, you need a lot of blueberries. Uh, I think one of the biggest things too is uh, we use like whole fruit and real br- like like real fruit, um, and what people think is like a blueberry flavor isn't exactly what blueberries taste like uh, a lot of people have this idea that blueberry is like the blue flavor blue raspberry like blue like raspberry yeah. airheads or yeah. something yeah. like that and it's like, like no these are real blueberries blow pop type <laughs> yeah. thing uh. blueberries are actually like a really subtle flavor yeah they're delicious too they're delicious super good for you yeah we've used those in uh, a farmhouse ale we did once too before yeah. that and they had they lend a beautiful color really readily. You get like this neat purple um, sort of color out of it, but the flavor is is very subtle. So yeah, like Mike said, expecting like a we did like two pounds per gallon, and people were still like, "I don't taste the blueberry," and the <laughs> beer was literally like That's almost as dark as a stout. We get sure, and we we try not to look at untapped too much, but oh, you can't just, help just it sometimes, it. and it, and, uh, it. <laughs> you know, needs more blueberry, and you're like, I can't. Especially <laughs> when it's like a brand new beer that we've never done. We're like, well, we want to see what people think about it. Yeah. <laughs> how can you not? I mean, yeah, how can you just ignore it. It, it is a lot of. I think anybody who tells you that they don't at all is bullshitting. So right, uh, and I, you just kind of have to take that data with a grain of salt too. You know, we we get a. I've seen a lot like this mosaic tessellation that I'm drinking right now. The saison, like you'll see it, and it'll have like half a star and they'll be like i don't like saisons and you're favorite. like well then don't <laughs> rate it like, <laughs> like <laughs> don't care for sours yeah too. yeah it's <laughs> like come on <laughs> but you just kind of have to take that into consideration yeah. so you can kind of read through and sift through like what are like good constructive criticism versus like all right yeah. this person doesn't know what they're talking about or this person just 
clearly doesn't like this style. Right. That's a huge thing. Like I, I don't get it, but you know, and, I, and there's a lot that also goes into that. it too. And like what brewery it is, you'll see a lot of people like, you know, you go check their, you know, I, I'm kind of snoopy and you'll go th- like get a yeah. bad rating and you'll go through their thing and they'll be like, you know, Jim Treehouse, all these like just blanket five yeah. stars across You're the board. Just drinking whales. Yeah. And it's like, but if you put that in, you know, a blank white can in front of them, they probably yeah. wouldn't give it that same rating. Most likely. So the, Most likely. the brand has some effect on their, their feelings about it too sometimes. Yeah. Do you guys have, um, do you guys kind of have like your own personal, like, uh, I don't know, like a style that just, that you fell in love with and got you into brewing? I mean, are you guys just all about the experiment and all about trying everything or? I'd say for me, like my, the gateway beer, I would say for me, was like Gumball Head, which isn't like a, you know, out there crazy beer, but it was just sort of the one where you kind of experienced that first Citrus cool, like wheat, wheat like. creaminess. And it's got like that lemon zest from those Amarillo hops and stuff. And that was just like, huh. And that really, I previously to that hadn't really been into beer. I mean, I, the, the thing I drank the most prior to that was probably like Sam Adams or something like that. And, and really I, you know, that, that was probably what got me into it. I would say. Mine was Lining Kugel Berry Weiss. Oh, yeah. I used to do quite a bit of those myself. <laughs> used to, the, the shand, you'd mix the shandy and the berry weiss oh, together yeah. and make a delicious treat. Yeah, certainly not like, you know, elite tier beers that we're talking about that got us in here. And then, But we got roped into craft pretty quickly. And you know, I go think from just being in the area and, and liking beer just kind of throws anyone that likes beer into like a, a higher tier of drinking. Yeah, and there's so much good stuff around yeah. here. I mean, you can go to Floyd's for your parallels. You get perfectly brewed German lagers over at New Oberfaltz. I mean, just lots of great stuff around here. So nothing like home brewing wise that you guys kind of just like, you know, you liked brewing this style. Like you, a lot of people have like philosophies or like, you know, I, I like Belgian style. Like that's kind of my MO. Like you guys just didn't, just whatever. Just no, nothing really. I mean, it, Belgians I kind of got into, I, I'd sort of, was off put by them because i had a delirium tremens once and it was like the first belgian beer i'd ever had before and it was like i just do not i did not like it. i was like why do people drink this This is so terrible popular beer and then i went to uh brewery vivant up in grand rapids and had some more like you know sort of farmhouse kind of belgo french style belgian beers and that was where it was like oh okay i get these now like i really enjoy these they they have a an ipa up there they do a, uh, a a Belgian double IPA called Tree Bucket that incidentally tastes exactly like single double triple, which <laughs> I didn't even know, but it's an all Citra Belgian double IPA. Oh wow! Um, and they got um, just really cool beers up there. So that was sort of what got me back into Belgians, and that's why I wanted to have some sort of Belgians or saisons or stuff on our menu too. About you, Scott? Oh, I'm an IPA guy. Yeah, me too. Um, the happier, the yeah. the better. I'm with you. I always feel really basic when I tell people that because you know everybody loves IPAs, but I don't know. Yeah. I just I, I'm not going to stop drinking them just because you know everybody else likes them too. Man. I mean, they're good, thick stout. Yeah. Dark, Dark yeah. Lord is my favorite stout of all time. Oh, still, yeah. yeah. And, I've uh, had good iterations of. I've had like two, three different years of it. I've not had all of them, but yeah, I, I love a good thick stout like all the all the big ones. What about you, Mike? Uh, I don't think that I can just pinpoint one exact beer. I think that the spirit of experimentation is probably something that drives me further than anything. I mean, there's, uh, there's like a world of flavors out there and, and 
rarely do people try and find all the expression that you can get out of, you know, flavors that are foreign and local. Now, does your guys' size currently, does that, that play really well to being able to mess around, like to just kind of try? Uh, yes and no. We actually had a lot more freedom with playing around on that uh, the Psycho Brew system because uh, we could brew anything from, you know, eight, nine barrels filling up our fermenters, or we could just do like a straight up like one or two barrel batch. And that's how a lot of our, uh, like our Gozes and Berliners started. They were all basically like non-production beers. And uh, I would do them on like one BBL or two BBL uh, batches, and they kind of gained like a small following. And I, I mean, I, I guess they came out pretty well. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Talk a little bit about that the pink lemonade one that the Goza that I just I had. Uh, that actually was like a some like weird wonky idea that I had a long time ago, and I was like, man, like a Goza is kind of like a perfect carrier for like you know pink lemonade, like. I just imagine like alcoholic pink lemonade brisk and you know in my mind it would always taste so cool like I think that uh when Justin and I are coming up with things uh when we're trying to like formulate you know a new recipe or whatever we kind of have this idea of like what it's going to taste like and we kind of just have to fill in all the blanks to to kind of get to that to that point and uh th- this beer is just like uh pilsner wheat base uh kettle soured uh it's got a pound per barrel of uh raspberries and blackberries from uh marion michigan pound per barrel raspberries and blackberries. i'm sorry a pound per gallon a pound per gallon okay. yeah so a a pretty boisterous amount of fruit all like fairly locally sourced kind of like from, uh, fruit marion, from michigan. michigan i mean yeah. that, you know i know it's not indiana but it's it's pretty close you know yeah. getting up to michigan so that's nice too that you're getting the local stuff like that it's fresh and you're not using like purees like you guys mentioned before we started no 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 we actually uh try to never which use nothing, wrong, nothing wrong with purees right i mean they're they're just fruit pureed right so um i i don't think that there's anything necessarily wrong with them i think that you just get a lot of you get a lot more character and expression out of real fruit like um the fo- when people mention like the fall off the bone flavor of meat you know you're not going to get that in a chicken tender like it's because <laughs> it, it was cooked like with the meat and the marrow and same thing with fruit you know you've got the seeds husk the stem i mean there's so much like flavor when you know when you get a puree it's all destemmed it's uh it's aseptic it's been it's like generally boiled. pasteurized and it, heated it's been too. Pro- it's been processed like three or four times you know to to basically get it to that final product puree and and every uh, in my opinion you know i'm not knocking anyone that does that does use puree i mean i understand that there's a gigantic need for it on a big scale and especially like you know bigger breweries you can't really use you, you can't really do the processing of fruit that we do so i understand like it's it's value but i feel that we just get a lot more expression out of it because we are using whole fruit well, that's a b- <clears throat> back to the memes when uh, Justin did the mango one to start for the f- farm stand was uh was that July <clears throat> when they had uh, Red Haven uh, Red Haven peaches were in season. Yep. So for my farm stand, I did a post of Hey, Red Haven peaches are in for the season. So then uh, within probably a half hour, he texts me and he says, "I need blank amount." Blank pounds of Red Haven peaches. We're doing a memes, a peaches and memes. You got a guy. So you got a guy. I got a fruit guy. You got a fruit guy. So that's where the second uh, batch of uh, memes was the peach. And yeah, those those Red Haven peaches are just heavenly. The, the smell, like when we had them here, you know, he just brings the you know farm crate boxes, and you just walk past, and it's just like, 
Oh. <laughs> and you 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 got to reach in and grab one and just do like that big bite and just that juicy <laughs> sort of that velvety peach texture, just so good. And translating that into beer was really fun, and that was probably one of my favorite good, huh? beers that we've ever done. Yeah, but three hours later, after I cut up all the peaches and pitted them and threw them in a blender and. I was like, I never want to eat another peach as long as I live. <laughs> <laughs> but then when the beer came out and I tasted it, I was like, oh, it was so there worth it. Is. it. Yeah. Peach juice, basically. We'll talk about that. You, we're talking about this pink lemonade goza right now. That that uh, that visual on it. That's that's something. I, I know it shouldn't matter what it looks like, but it does to people. You know, aesthetics oh, always yeah. like, play, into, play into people's flavor and all that stuff when you drink it. But it's almost like, it feels like there's kind of this new category almost of these like Berliners or goza, like sour type beers like that. You don't see them like that. You used to see like just clear. It'd be red, but you'd see clear through it. You know, that is kind of has like a hazy feel to it almost. I think a visual presentation is probably one of the biggest things um, that you experience before you actually taste the beer. And I think that your brain also kind of creates, you know, uh, an expectation of what it's going to taste like before you ever even drink it. So I think that uh, presentation, just the way that it looks and its aesthetic uh, helps play with the actual experience and and taste of the beer, whether your brain interprets that or not. But uh, we don't necessarily shoot for a hazy Berliner. Uh, we just use a lot of fruit, and there's a lot of, uh, like, pectin in there. So pectin always, you know, brings out, like, a haziness. And there's a ton of wheat in there as well. Mm-hmm. So we don't necessarily shoot for that. It just Well, the color is, like, per- it's beautiful. It's, like, Thank per- you. perfect color on it. And But I'm just, I'm only saying that because just recently, like, I've had things like uh, tele- Teleport Massive and Base Cannon from, like, Microphoner. Like, the fruited stuff that they're doing, Sean's doing out at Moore Brewing in, in Villa Park. Like, you're, all of a sudden I'm seeing these, like, thick, like, mouthfeel, you know, color gozas or, or, or whatever, Berliners, whatever it is. And it's, it's, it almost feels, like, new. I mean, I, I, I don't remember ever seeing those before. I like to see people's re- reactions in the tap room when they don't know about this beer, but they see it getting poured. They're like, what, what is, is that? that? <laughs> I w- give me one of those. Like, they don't even know what it is, but they see the color in it, and they're like, they just know it's going to be fantastic. I feel like I guessed right when I pulled that one off the board. I was like, ah, no IPA <laughs> on board right now. Let me try that. I actually wanted to try Exit Buddy. I, I just love the name of it, and I love the style. <laughs> and I'm, I'm very partial to, like, the New Zealand and the Australian hops. I mean, when it comes to, like, the double dry hops or, like, hazy, whatever you want to call it, juicy IPAs. So wh- what's that beer like? Where would that one come from? That was one where we just had, I think we had a, a abundance of Pacific Jade hops, actually, uh, hanging around here that I would bought. Uh, and we didn't really have a plan for them. I just bought, because I would actually had Jade from 18th Street. And was like, well, this is a lovely beer. Let's buy some of these hops. And then uh, kind of came up with the idea of doing a all, you know, New Zealand's hop beer. And, uh, yeah, Pack Jade and Motuika. Motuika is kind of one of our go-tos That's around here. That's hop right now. That's Motuika? I, I really yeah. like Motuika. I just, I just yeah, can't our, get our, enough uh, of it right now. Our Pale Dutch Boy has, has always featured Motuika, too, oh, really? in it. So it's uh, Pale Dutch Boy, uh, Simcoe, uh, Motuika, and I'm blanking. Yeah. <laughs> He just blacked out. Mosaic. Uh, mosaic. Mosaic. There it is. Okay. Simcoe Mosaic wow. Motueka. Yeah. That's our flagship beer. We have, but uh, I don't know what hops are in it. <laughs> <laughs> we have a, uh, a barrel fermented New England farmhouse right now with Motueka and Galaxy as well. See, that just sounds sexy. I'll be transferring <laughs> and blending so those sexy. after. Remember after what Mike was here. talking about taproom bait before too? Like you just put all those words in a beer and it's just like, whoa. Like yeah. That was sort of the kind of concept behind another beer we did called Buzzword Compliant. So it was a 
galaxy oh, yeah. double dry hopped double ipa with lactose and it was just like you know <sighs> you check all those boxes yeah, i just like, blacked you out can't not have that beer <laughs> <laughs> it's it's you can hear it bubbling from here if, if your microphones are sensitive enough it's i like being the fun you guys are as well. having with it yeah nine percent and it's just like this morning we pulled a sample just to take a gravity of it. Oh, we brewed man. it like with two days ago yeah and it smells like straight peach apricot juice. not even dry hopped and either. there's no fruit in that beer either wow. it's just all galaxy hops in it and it hasn't even been dry hopped yet those are some good galaxy hops you got there. they're amazing they were 2017s that we got them from i think yakima or something the galaxy is just one of those things that you know you, we talk about buying you know spot hops the way we do it we don't really have the resources to do contracts or anything around here but i have an alert that goes off when somebody posts galaxy hops on my phone and you have to be like have your finger on the trigger to buy those if you're like two seconds like dark lord day tickets like dark lord day <laughs> tickets it's it and, smells you know, like a beer fest and you see them and you're like oh my goodness 30 dollars a pound that's, that's great you buy them nope gone it's just like and it, they're gone yeah so we, we buy those as, as quickly as we can and try to turn those beers around those things are great we still haven't gotten our hands on any nelson um, those, that would be fun. Vic those Secret are delightful. Too. Nelson Vic Secret. See, I like yeah. the Vic too, man. That, the Vic's are really like nice. Fun. Yeah, I've had a few beers with Laurel in it, but I mean, I'm no expert by, on hops by any means. But I'm just, you know, I try to pull from the ones. I always want to know what's in it. I think that we're very impartial to uh, like Southern Hemisphere hops, like New Zealand and Australia. Uh, those are just, for the most part, just really, just really killer and juicy. Yeah. They're just yeah. bangers. They're bangers, man. They're great. The workhorse, those mosaic we found mosaic. is just like it's super oh, yeah. easy to mosaic find. Does the, like it's very affordable, and and since we like to do a lot of you know, juicy kind of fruity forward beers, it mosaic just fits the bill a lot. And it That's, plays out too on the big scale. Like if you see like a big place like Toppling Goliath, I mean they do a ton of mosaic versions of like yep. their big beers. Uh, specific one single hop you know that, that. so that's got to be part of like contracts and you know just having the abundance the price range all that stuff definitely stuff you don't think about on the end user side but right uh, well and the other thing that you know craft beer drinkers are so educated nowadays like you can put you know the name of the hop on the beer and you get like a boost if it's one of those hops like people know yes. galaxy hops people know nelson sovin hops citra, like man that's citra and, and you know, that was sort of a thing we had to get used to, too, is, you know, pe- people know these hops. People know what flavors to expect from them, and uh, it's, it's really neat, and it's kind of a neat thing around here with all the craft beer drinkers that, that they know that stuff. Well, that was like with the 2F by Citra Galaxy. We put that one on tap and in cans, and the cans were gone in no time. Yeah, we they did. They saw a, those Galaxy hops, and they were like, scary. gone. Yeah, yeah we did a, a 2F by Citra, a regular Citra, you know, whirlpooled, version i don't know what that beeping noise is i think someone's the brewery's not going to explode though it's not there i know what noises those are and this is not one of them it's the vfw party throwdown apparently there's a strobe light accompanying that over there (laughs) that's what they're just music bro is that what the kids are listening to these days yes sir (laughs) dubstep's really lost (laughs) wow (laughs) i've gotten lazy (laughs) but yeah we did a uh I just totally lost my train of thought. No, we were talking about the tap room release. Two by Citra. But we dry hopped it with Galaxy. So you got kind of those neat You're just getting dirty now. Grapefruit rind. And that was one, too, where we took the uh, the original picture of the two of by Citra and um, just kind of erased the background, which is sort of like a New England, Boston, kind of starry mm-hmm. night, and just put like a cool like public use version of a NASA picture of like a cloud galaxy behind it. And it, I mean that the label art was awesome. The beer was incredible Super and cool. 
And yeah, that's another one. Now, now another one of those beers people are coming and like, when are you making that one again? Uh-huh. It's like, oh. <laughs> we have to stop doing that to ourselves. I'm glad I haven't tried any of them because I'd be asking you after everyone, when are you guys making that again? When are you guys making that? <laughs> and again? we're so terrible with it too. Like, I don't even have like a secret stash of those cans You're the worst. in the fridge <laughs> or in my house. Like, the worst. We just sell yeah, them. I was just <laughs> thinking no, I don't have sense, any at my though. house either. Right, I, it makes sense. Sell I think them. I have people a can them, of memes and dreams at my house right now. That's pretty much it. So that was like the BA40 release a couple weeks ago. Like, we got done, so we sold out, and everybody turned like, did you get one? Did you get one? And we're like, nobody got <laughs> nope. a bottle. Yeah, nobody, like, none of us got a <laughs> bottle. People just kept asking for them, so I kept selling them. I don't know. I don't know. Like, yeah, bit- so if people think we're hoarding these things, uh, we not truly are no. not. Right. No, <laughs> we're not. Well, I mean, the first time I saw I saw one of your guys' cans, the first the, the way I found that you guys existed even was that uh, I was at Iron and Glass Bottle Shop over in, in Romeoville, and somebody had brought one in it, like the day before, and they tend to like the beers that they like. They, they usually, once the can's empty, they throw it up on these shelves that they have behind them. So there's like some Pliny's up there, you know, like there's Pliny's Heady Toppers, and I see this. We you also know. do the same over there as well. <laughs> Behind our, that, that used to be where the brewing system was, where those barrels are now. Ah, so I we would see. call that our wall of inspiration. So while we were sweating, we have this giant, you know, wall of nice. all wall bottles of whales, of, basically. Yeah, whales. Just whales. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they got, they got like two sets of these like four tier shelves. Like they're just wood, you know, shitty wood planks that are like rotted out. They, you know, but they, they throw cans up there and they, they kind of dump them after like a six months eight months and then they'll put to start start again but i said i looked up there and there was this windmill and like these color you know it was like blue and red coming out from behind it and i, I don't know if it was dank memes and dreams is that one of your guys or no memes and dreams ours, memes yeah. and dreams it was just the basic memes and dreams and, and it was like a i'd never seen it before and so i asked and i pulled the can down and looked at it and i was like okay i gotta find out where these guys are at <laughs> But uh, yeah, I got, got got great reviews from the people at, at uh, Iron and Glass that were that were sharing it. So yeah, we like we refer to that one as kind of OG memes, as yeah. sort of the uh, original one. We've sort of done variations of it, but we haven't done uh, original memes since All Memes Day, which was sort of something that we conjured up and made happen in oh, November man. of last year. <laughs> that was uh, that was quite a that day. was a real brutal three weeks. <laughs> that was okay, one of those. Talk about that. I don't know about anything about this. Let, let me. <laughs> So Let that was a, a concept, I think, uh, kind of Mike and AJ came up with where they were like... Don't give AJ credit for this. <laughs> <laughs> AJ who? Brought to you by Mike. Brought to you no by... Mike. All right, fine. Mike wants all the credit. Mike can have all the credit because I, I almost quit a couple times during that. Yeah, I was pushing because really, I owned really this place. And he's this. like, no, we really need to do this. And it was like, yeah, it was it was two two weeks straight of... And this was on our old brewing system. It was two and a half or three on our old brewing system. So 65 gallons at a time. (laughs) So six beers that need to be brewed four times each. So math is hard. Yeah. Coming back to that. We we basically had to brew 24 times to brew six beers in total. And uh, it was on that psycho brew system. So that was like, that that was just insane. It was, it was a ridiculous amount of work. We, we'd have like, I don't know, 14-hour brew days. We did, like, I think we tried doing, like, three a week. I think we ended up doing seven in about a week and a half, and that that was just, like, murder. Mikey was very crabby <laughs> for those two and a he half cranky? weeks. I think oh, everybody, everybody was. It was pretty terrible. But then, then we sort of had all the fermenters filled up. Then we had to do all the fruit processing. Fruit processing again, day which was, was fun, which... Yeah, that every was time we fruit process, we all find a newfound hatred for whatever fruit we were doing that day. <laughs> Scott mentioned that yeah. his peaches. 
Yep. Yeah, and then uh, we we had to then we had to package them all, and that was uh, also not fun because sometimes the canning machine likes to not behave with the you know. Well, you don't have a that. giant, you know, no, 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 amazing no. automated like. <laughs> that that's basically like feel it out and kind of go with what's See going what good. Yeah, <laughs> some ta- some days are really great. Usually they they've been really 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 great the past few couple runs, but uh, occasionally you'll always run into like a really really shitty packaging day. Is that because you guys got it dialed in a little bit now, or is it, it just we are sort of figuring it out as we go along too? And you, you learn it, it; it's got its own personality. Yeah, I think the trial and error thing. I think we've just seen what works and what doesn't, and you know, when something works, we just try and keep it like that. And just usually, walk. we 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 have pretty pretty decent results out of it. We so just we'll walk away for like ten minutes and come back, and all of a sudden, it miraculously yeah, is sh- like <laughs> shotgunning beers on uh on canning days is a pretty common thing. It's a morale yeah. booster, especially <laughs> okay. like. On a bad day, you kind of need it. <laughs> Plus, you usually have a lot of like short fills and of bright cans sitting around. So yeah. it's like, all right, we're going to shotgun some of these and step away for a little bit and sort of get a breather and, well, not breathe, but. <laughs> 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 but yeah, that's. It. And then we had to package all those within like a week. We basically yeah, did all that. Yeah, within a week because we were releasing six beers in one day. So and are you bringing were, people in? Like, are you bringing friends and stuff nope. in to, to, to pack up? Just Mike, basically. It was uh, Mike, <laughs> uh, me, and yeah. AJ, and me, you and, and Scott, Scott helped, and we all kind of, because we would do, you know, one beer at a time, but we had to make mixed six packs of these is how we were oh, selling yeah. it. So we did really? six beers, wow. and then we sold tickets for it, because when we would drop a memes beer, you would generally do that on a Saturday, and we would sell out in maybe three or four hours of just one kind. So we thought, well, why don't we give people a chance to actually try all of these so we'll sell a ticket where you pay for a ticket and that ticket is good for one mixed six pack of all six beers and then all we'll have leftovers you know you can buy those kind of ad hoc um so we had just, to assemble just a the can. Mixed you can buy a single can you, as well four packs or oh you can do four packs yeah right. so then we sold the tickets for that and then we kind of did our first online ticket sale that that didn't go well um <laughs> why <laughs> we uh we we kind of told people about it a little too soon and posted the link and it hadn't gotten approved yet we used brown paper tickets and uh it has some weird approval process it has to go to prior to them allowing it so we had said the sales were going to start at a certain time but they hadn't approved it yet so we had to kind of backtrack on that and And people were very forgiving talk about your phone blowing up with messages of oh man yeah (laughs) it's yeah you guys fucked up (laughs) that's it (laughs) and and we kind of owned up to it like we know like we're sorry like we're moving it to this day now and and we only had to do that once so um but you know live and learn live and learn Mm -hmm. and there's not a playbook for this stuff you know there's not like here's how to do this sort of thing right there's like a lot of things going into opening a place like this yeah we don't know what we're doing and you're learning as you go pretty open about that we're just kind of learning as we go along here um but yeah then we dropped all those on the same day uh, it rained that day. I think oh, there was a lightning wow, strike yeah. like a tenth of a mile away, and people were just standing out in the rain. <laughs> there's um, a hospital right next to us. Yeah. I'm sorry. There's a hospital right next to us, and uh, lightning struck probably about like 100 yards right behind the hospital. And there's like a line of people out the door like oh, in the shit. rain. Because <laughs> <laughs> they wanted to get their six packs, but then if yeah. you got here sooner, then you had a better chance of getting whatever four other four-pack of okay. memes you wanted to. So. That day was really cool, but it was a lot of work, and we all 
probably almost killed each other yeah know, five or ten times it was but, a very very stressful two and a half three weeks but then when it was done we realized like oh that's fun like we should do that again next year so. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys get after each other a lot like is it always like that once a month once a year six months or something that you just like once a day so, yeah <laughs> you just want to <laughs> choke slam each other i think uh i think we're like pretty honest with each other um and in that you know uh <laughs> He's like, I think. We, we we all care about this a lot and when when people care about something a lot, like, you know, you invest a lot of time and, and effort and yourself into something. So I think it's just something that kind of comes along with the territory. I mean, you know, I love Justin and Scott, but I'm we've all had our arguments. I mean, it just kind of comes along with something that, you know, you're giving your your life into, you know. Mm-hmm. You kind of care about it a lot. So Which is good. I the mean, stakes it's just, are high. Yeah, it's, it shows passion. You know, we're, we're passionate. We actually care about this, you know. So that's, yeah, you you've you have arguments and stuff, but we've found it's better just like in marriage, you know, to talk about it rather than bottle it up. Yeah. <laughs> have a couple beers. We talk about it. And then we, we, hug, we hug it Hug it out. And then uh, shotgun it out. Shotgun, yeah. shotgun, shotgun it out. <laughs> is that your guys' thing? Yep. I feel like shotgun and beers might yeah, be but your guys' Before thing. you have to have that conversation, so you both, you know, quick shotgun one and all right, now let's see how everybody's talk about feeling. This. Yeah. <laughs> So did you guys get challenged for that shotgun, the Arctic shotgun challenge? No, did you guys Arctic see that? Shotgun. That was going. Oh, you guys didn't see that? What's no. going on on Instagram? Oh, that was uh, when when the big snowstorms hit this year. There was a bunch of breweries just challenging each other in like bottle shops. So like the it, like hailstorm had the whole crew and they put lights out and barrels out in the middle of the freezing cold. You know, in the back of their shop and they just somebody challenged them. Everybody shotguns a beer and tosses it. Uh oh. What was that? What's that happening? Something right now? just hit our wall. I think so. For real? Yeah. Yeah. All right, like well, that was cool. The, 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 these VFW people like to throw down sometimes. Yeah, I'm you. It, it, they like to party. Because I thought somebody came back here, but nobody's back I, here. I was going to say, I thought Mikey's I going something. to check it out. Uh, Mike's got this. He doesn't mind yelling <laughs> like, at people. What the so. fuck are you doing? No, and Mike is like, um, he's he very no-nonsense. Like, Scott and I can be a little, like, political sometimes. Like, hey, passive, guys, like, could you be a little aggressive? quiet? Mike <laughs> would go out there and, like, he wouldn't be rude but it comes off as rude because he doesn't say please sometimes like, hey you old fucks <laughs> settle what? down they're what a party rental truck. Party okay. rental truck. It was so very loud. It was. <laughs> so I was say like this morning we have we have three parking ah. we have three parking spots and I think two of two them, of them were being used by the VFW fundraising people. None. So me and Justin, instead of going out there and nicely asking them like, "Hey, can you not park there? That's our parking spots." We both stood there like, "Maybe we should go say something to them." We both just stood looking we, out the door. Do you want drinking to? Water do you want like, to? No. Do no. I? No. Should right. just move your cars into their yeah. spots. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's that's vindictive and mean, but whatever. All right, it's totally Mike style. <laughs> yeah, if Mikey was that is actually what I would do. If Mikey was in here, me and Justin were talking about. It, he'd just run out there and yell at him and tell him to go bleepity bleep park somewhere else. No, he would just he would just be like, "Can you guys get out of here?" Like, but he doesn't say please very often. Like, it, it, you can tell when he's saying it, he's like very serious though. Whereas Scott and I are, you know, it's like you see this little non-confrontation. This some shirt means that I am. I'm not playing games right now. I drink motor oil, damn it. <laughs> so, shotgun and beers, that's how you get along. That's it. That's all I need to know. It's the key to a happy marriage. Yeah. You hear that? Yeah. Yep. Jan, we're going to be, my wife's sitting here with us too. She's being very quiet. But <laughs> we're going to shotgun beers next time we fight. That's what we're doing. Just do it beforehand and it, it sort of, you know, sort of opens you up a little bit more. Why does your cat, like, he's, he, he doesn't look like he's laying down, but he definitely looks like he's sleeping. He's doing like that cat zoomies thing where he's like, 
He's like, yeah, his legs folded under him. His so eyes are closed, but he's not like laying his head on anything. It's no. completely erect still. He loves backpacks. I can't explain. Yeah. It. Certainly does. That backpack. He loves my backpack in particular, and it's full of like laptops and adapters and cameras and stuff. <laughs> and he does not care if it's sitting it's vertical. Fine. He will try to find a way to lay on top of it. Um, oh, he sleeps in the weirdest positions. You'll see him on a chair, like sideways, and all of a sudden you'll just see him just out of the corner of your eye. You'll see him just boom. He falls. He'll, fa- he'll fall asleep, and he'll like just <laughs> fall because he's sleeping so awkwardly. Have you thought about starting his own Instagram? I mean, I have maybe, actually. Maybe Luther <laughs> needs his own. We could I've, pitch it right here. I mean, I've learned it. from people that follow our social media accounts. They set up like alerts and stuff so they can get up to the minute interview as, or you as know, I do. I do that with like can releases and stuff. Yep. So. When I post a picture of the cat, they get mad. They're like, what they're the like, hell? That's not, that's not a, a meme, meme. spirit. Yeah. It's like, no, it's our cat and it's our Instagram account. But <laughs> I've debated having like a separate account for him, but that just sounds like a lot of work. Windmill Luther. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> so what's what's uh, next on the dock? Do you guys have a can release? Do you got stuff in the fermenters right now that, that you're waiting for? Or? Gonna, Quick, go, your, go fill it up. Yeah, I'll start talking you know, about it. Your, exactly. Okay. So <laughs> what, what, what do you want? What do you yeah, want? Give, give Small one. Glass. Either one, take one. So next up, we're doing another bottle release, which uh, actually we're going to do two bottle releases soon. So the next bottle, one we're doing. What's up with all the bottles all of a sudden? It For these beers, it sort of makes sense. Doing cans okay. of these would be uh, financially prohibitive to people. You know, if they see a, when you see a bomber and it's like a, you know, $20 bomber, people don't really think a lot about that if it's like a giant barrel edged stout or something like that. But if we translated that into cans, that would be. And I'm not going to do the math here, but it would be a very expensive four-pack of Don't cans. Do it. Or it would be a very expensive 16-ounce can, which would just seem kind of weird. So bombers do definitely have their place in this. So There's perception um, involved in all this. Right, and yeah. It, and, you know, you, the hazies need to be in 16-ounce cans and that kind of stuff. So uh, next week we're going to drop a beer called uh, Cerveza Muerte, which is a Mexican kind of inspired imperial stout. So it's got uh, caramel agave in it, uh, Mexican vanilla beans, uh, cocoa nibs and anjo chilies. Oh my god! Uh, so that's what Mike is that just. What I'm, ha- I'm holding right That's now? what Mike just pulled out of the bright tank for you. So straight, so, straight from the teat. So for the dummy here in the bright, the bright tank, like what? What? Why is this beer ready? Like you could package yeah. this today. And yeah, that beer is 100% ready. A bright tank is usually referred to as a finishing tank. It's basically where you moved a, f- a fermented product into a tank to carbon, uh, carbonate it and uh, finish it. Yeah, generally... I'd also let that warm up a little bit as you drink yeah. it. Yeah, it's like probably 35 degrees yeah. right now, which is, you know, yeah. decent for packaging, but not for drinking. Um, oh, I, I was I was waiting for it, and then all of a sudden I got that little tiny hit of the, the, the what was it, chilies or something? Anchoa chilies. Anchoa. Anchoa. Yeah. That's kind of what we Tiny, were. tiny. I mean, it's not like you're getting busted in the face with it. Yeah, that's what we A lot we're of things sh- happening outside right now. It's making me very <laughs> it's nervous. It's really weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. It's a bummer there's no video that people can kind of see the yeah. antics going on out no, there. there's but no antics. All right. That, I just uh, heard sirens go past, too, so who knows? Scott's out there being passive-aggressive. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Nick's for. Nick's bigger, too. Nick's kind of a no-nonsense guy, too. He'll he'll go out there and tell him how it is. But, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, Sverts and Muerte. Uh, as, as we find sometimes with a lot of our beers, we... Don't do a lot of planning for them, so we're no, literally waiting for the labels to show up for <laughs> to package okay. that right now because, um, yeah, we we're very bad at planning sometimes. How are you guys bottling? What do you, what do you um, like hand hand bottling? Yeah, yeah, we 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 don't do enough of it to justify having a you know like a counter pressure you, filler or anything yeah, do you like have that. Like one of those like tables with three. 
you know, three handles on it. No, or we're far lower than one that. By, we're one using by one, the, uh, like, the you know, like a Blickman wing. beer gun or a, a, what's the other thing? The last straw bottle yeah. filler, which for the for the volume that we're doing, it works pretty nicely. So, like, how many bottles is this you going to make? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Matt, Matt I, ordered, I ordered 500 labels. <laughs> <laughs> as much as left in the tank after we keg. Right, yeah. And, well, and some of that also went into tequila barrels. Yes. So that will be coming mm-hmm. out probably in three to four months. It fits. It fits the uh, the style, I right. guess, right? Exactly. Yeah. So the um, we used uh, our label artist has a... Uh, so we've got the 40 Hulking Giants label that we did, some original artwork, the 2F by Citra original artwork. He had... Uh, we wanted to do sort of a, since it's Servet and Muerte, we wanted to kind of have a Mexican-style skull, which generally is not our motif for, like, any of our marketing or right. anything there's like that. There's a place in Hammond and Gary that that, that works the skulls And right hard. up the road in, in <laughs> yeah, Munster, and too, right, you know. So right. that's why we figure, like, you know, again, with the Pale thing, like, why just add more to that? But for this time, we figured it felt it felt right. So that guy has a uh, a piece that we licensed and incorporated into the artwork and uh it came out pretty nice so that should be coming out next week saturday in bottles yep so you got uh i mean i'm guessing everybody's gonna be like well when's the next meme sh- meme coming out when's the next shake coming out like so normally you have plans for that or normally like, we would say we don't know but this time we're saying the following week um so we have we're gonna do kind of a uh a mango day oh okay. uh, so og memes uh, and then we're going to do Mem de la Creme, which is a double memes, so 9% double mango. Uh, and then we're also doing this time a triple version of that, which should be about 11%. Jesus. If that's it finishes at that's where we want it to finish. Guys. That's right yeah. up our alley right there. Right? I'm telling you. <laughs> Let me chew on the hop cone, man. Whatever. Yeah. This, uh, that one's got got a little bit to finish out yet, um, but the labels are ordered and everything like that. And now the triple one. Are you going to are you going to? Single and the double will be going in cans. We've done those before. And then the triple one we're putting in bombers. Because okay. that's a big Just, just makes more beer. sense yeah. for it, yeah. Basically, like, rule of thumb, I think anything bottling come out coming out from us will be anything like 10% and above, minus the 40 hulking giants. Yeah, okay. 10% 12-ounce cans for that one. But, yeah, it just packaging sizes is another thing that... Something you don't really think about too often, but yeah, when you look at the business side of it, well, you as have to a brewery, kinda, you have to, right? Mean, as as the the entity, but yeah, as the end user, and like you said, they, there's more education now, and and I mean, hopefully, this podcast even you know help has helped a couple of people learn some of that behind the curtain stuff, and like, right? But a lot goes into that. I mean, I, I remember the first time. I mean, the, not even the first time, but this year buying the four packs of uh, of like Cafe Deeth uh, from from revolution and being like oh 35 bucks what am i doing <laughs> and then you do the math and you're like oh yeah i'm actually getting a better deal probably than if i you exactly know, I yeah. Or yeah we would look so. at those and we're like wow that's like they're it's not, not like they're giving it away but that's a, that's a really good price point like a For really a beer good of price that quality point. like i got some double barrel vsod and VSOD absolutely and like you know just such high quality beers yeah, and speaking of big, big, high quality beers like that, like what, what's it mean for for you guys having like, because you're kind of sandwiched between Floyd's and, and and 18th Street, really, where you're at now. I mean, is that we're sort of the bottom bun to oh, okay. yeah. Floyd's the and 18th bottom, Street. Okay. Floyd's would so be the right. Main, yeah, they're next Street north, and the then even bun. further north <laughs> would be Hammond. Okay, but they're two. I mean, they're powerhouses around here. I mean, just huge influences on sort of styles and drinking stuff. So that's. Um, you know, it, it brings a lot of people to the area. Um, you know, it's Indiana, this sort of corner of it's kind of becoming a really neat um, beer tourist kind of spot where we get a lot of people coming from out of the city and stuff for weekends. And they'll come to Floyd's and they'll have 
you know, amazing lunch there with our awesome menu and their their yeah. beer beers and stuff. And then they kind of come outside and they're like, well, what what else is around here? And like a lot of people know about 18th Street, so they'll go up the road to Hammond and uh, oh, what's this windmill place that's like yes. four miles <laughs> south of Floyd's? So Google. we do get a lot Google, of man. we get a lot of spillover from that, or even on nights when it's really busy at Floyd's, you know, people right. will be sitting in the parking lot like, well, what else can we do around here? And um, do we do get a lot of spillover from that? So it works out super good for us. You have any type of relationship with them? Have you ever done anything with either of them, or like we haven't we haven't done any collabs with them, but we have a pretty tight relationship with both Floyd's and 18th Street. Um, we uh, get some ingredients from them. We will help them out, like if they ever need anything. Um, that's a I wouldn't say fairly common thing, but uh, they're they're friends in the community that we can depend on, and vice versa. Yeah, we've we've had to go to them in a pinch. You know, one time I had yeast explode all over me when I tried to transfer it or something, and we needed yeast in a pinch. You know, and we could text somebody over there, and oh yeah, sure, no problem, come on over, we'll help, we'll help you out. Um, you know, and and vice versa, somebody needed can lids or pack tax once or something, and we, you know, yeah, sure, no problem, we got some extra, and so it's really friendly, collaborative, like everybody kind of helps each other out. It's super super fun. You guys see a lot of influx from Michigan too. I mean, it's not too far. Um, yeah, not, so not a lot, but we definitely see like out of state spillover. Definitely. Yeah, a lot of uh, Chicago, Wisconsin, uh, especially Saturday afternoons it, um, are are big. Iowa and Minnesota. A lot of people come from that area um, when they're passing through. And and Floyd's is like the destination right. for a lot of them. Yeah, and right. I think we we just pick up a lot of like well cool we just hit floyd's like let's see what else is around here Mm -hmm. so that really helps out nicely and that's why you know we've gotten a lot of questions recently about this new expansion that floyd's just got approved you know they're gonna like double triple their size it's gonna be insane i can't wait to go over there and like sit out on a patio in a summer night and like have an alpha king or something like that's just awesome and that's just gonna bring more people to the area so it it benefits everyone it's it's gonna be so cool it's not real until they have a moat (laughs) <laughs> I feel like they would. Like, I, feel I feel like, like they that, should. Yeah, that would be like definitely a <laughs> with thing a rope they bridge. <laughs> they already got the the Hobbit hole door literally yeah. on the plans. That's, oh, they did. It okay. says that it's Hobbit hole door. So, it like like Ed Sheeran had that. He put that like in his recording studio. He bought like like Peter Jackson's like you know they had put the Hobbit door right on his recording studio. That's, <laughs> that's such a baller ass move. <laughs> you know, and when when you're Ed Sheeran or Nick Floyd, you can right, do cool things right. like that. Yeah, you know? Nobody questions it. No. No. <laughs> Yeah, I you know I I kind of was one of those guys too. I think a lot of people, most of us around this area, go through it where it's like that phase of like three Floyds, you know. And it's not like it's not like they don't make great beer still. It's just you know you start to get more local or you start to get you know more focused on these smaller breweries and stuff. I mean, did you guys go through that too? Like where you're just always three Floyds, like drinking zombie dust and, and gumball head. Well, it was easy for us because it was so accessible. Like it, people in the city were always kind of jealous of us. So you know we could just yeah. go over there whenever and grab pretty much whatever we wanted um and people were like wow you can get zombie dust and stuff i was like yeah like, what, what's the big deal um yeah, so we were kind of 10 minute bike ride on. yeah we <laughs> we were spoiled in that regard so and and you sort of like because it's so accessible it's not as much of a thing you know where you're not chasing trucks and stuff in the city trying to find <laughs> who's got you trucks. know those pallets of zombie dust and stuff so for us it wasn't you know you'd have that and it was like it's you know it's a, an easy to get go-to beer that we could even pick up on the shelf at our local grocery store for like 10 bucks, you know, but then there's all this other stuff around here too. So it was like, 
you you always have the Floyds there, but you always have a lot of this other great stuff around too. So yeah, it wasn't that we ever were into it and then soured on it. It was just sort yeah. of it was just always a thing. Well, that's where sometimes now scarcity is outruling quality, which I think true. sometimes is true because I was just down in Florida for spring break and uh, I saw Hyalai, but now you can get it in Chicago, like it's crazy anywhere. Yeah. So I saw Hyalai, and I normally go down there every year, and I bring three cases back. So I'm like, oh, I got to stock up on Hyalai. So I, I grab two four packs, so I'm like, okay, I got to get some fresh Florida Hyalai. And I said to the guy, I'm like, yeah, I normally get three cases, but I'm just grabbing two four packs because I can get it in Chicago now. He's like, yeah. Now I'm not going to sell near as much. It's uh-huh. going to be a, one of those mass-produced, like, two-hearted, where it's just going to be a, a shelf turd. And turn it's into a shelf turd. Shelf turd. Also a great beer, though. It also is. Absolutely. That's what I mean. Great <laughs> beers that are going to become walk past. Oh, yeah, I can get that anywhere. So I'm just, mm-hmm. yeah. I actually did that in Vinny's, like, two weeks ago. I walked past a display of Hylai. I was like, eh, because there was tons <laughs> of it. And then I stopped and was like, no, like... That's stupid. Like respect it. Had this been three months ago, I would have been like, "Oh my goodness!" and like grabbed as much as I could. So I bought like an obligatory six pack because I was like, "I need to do this." Just Courtesy six pack. Yeah, right. <laughs> just supporting them, and it was it was great. We just I mean, got back from Orlando uh, two three days ago. I don't know. Time's starting to run together. On Thursday night, we got back, and I didn't even drink one. I mean, they, our hotel had it and everything at Universal Studios. Oh, wow. Like yeah. it, it had it literally <laughs> on the hotel bar, and I'm like. I'm just not, yeah, I don't know. It's still a great beer, don't get me wrong, love it. But it is I, solid. And I the, can get it. The I stuff up it. here, actually, because you get a lot of that when they start contract brewing, you know, like you, you, you get a lot of that. That, that that was definitely a big mess. very different, because I mess. saw that, and I was actually excited when I saw that in Benny's and had it, and it, that kind of put me off a little bit on this whole, like, kind of mass-distributed contract brew thing, where it was like, this is not the same. And I, I know they've it's kind of owned up to that, and they've said that they've fixed it i haven't tried it since but um, they fixed it then unfixed it and then fixed it oh, again. oh man. goodness <laughs> like from the iowa like the first run of the iowa boxes that came out were out of this world good and then they went back to kind of this weird like semi-clear but particle floating version of it and then went back to like this more like hazy kind of you know more ideal version of it okay but that's neither here nor there yeah i'm here to talk about windmills and we love toppling goliath (laughs) right i do too man i I grab all those bobbers when they come out they're wonderful but uh for you guys though do you have future plans i mean it's a small space but do you have plans it's small but it's vertical you know if you look up there those fermenters aren't very tall um so we're planning on hopefully doing a little bit of vertical expansion pretty soon with some taller fermenters uh taller brights hopefully uh doing a little bit more packaging and a little more distribution we do very limited distribution right now yeah. mostly just because it's accounts that we get along with people that own the stores they kind of align with our sort of likes and dislikes of beer how far do you um, get out we have an account Valpo's the furthest account that we have where at valparaiso valparaiso, valparaiso. that's in as far indiana. east as we go uh south we go out to crown point indiana and then uh we have a uh so not very far at all. Probably, I think our max stretch is like 25 miles, something yeah. like that. Nothing in Illinois, though? No. You guys keep no, away we, from... We, we don't have like a... legal thing an it's issue? It's a legal okay. thing yeah. at this point. Okay. Uh, it's uh, it's another permit and more Justin angry filling out <laughs> forms online and sending checks to government agencies. So, um, just so we just haven't gotten there yet. I mean, the tap rooms were... were you get most of the love, right? And that's where the money's coming from. That's where your profits are probably best, I would imagine. That's, that's sort of what's keeping everything afloat you know so the taproom is like a pretty heavy focus and trying to make sure that we have like you know everything on point up there is 
that's that's really our priority. Keep those lines filled. Yeah, we do very filled. little distribution, so I would imagine that's probably like eighty percent of our income. Yep. And uh, I mean, space wise, tap room wise, I mean, the the space y- you don't have plans like or quick here to like expand anything. Just just maybe some more stainless and more more stainless. I mean, there's 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 plans, but. I don't want to say <laughs> anything because no, I've Especially found like when you mention yeah. stuff like that, people latch onto it like yeah. really quick and they're like, oh, windmills expanding. It's like, uh, no, like nope. it's, it's a, it's a pipe dream at this point. Like it's. Thank you for clarifying on this podcast so we don't get like tons <laughs> of messages about this. Yeah. yeah. It, Use this time for anything you guys want to clarify. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, we'd love to have food. We, I've, I have good friends that'd be like, oh, I'd be a windmill way more often if you guys had food. Take yeah. the wife there for dinner and have food. So I get we definitely it, but that like, work for everyone. Yeah. 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 It is something that we do we really, do really want, want to do, do though. Like, and we're, we're trying to execute the coffee thing first, uh, and then we'll we'll move on to trying to get a, a small kitchen in here. The coffee thing's awesome. I mean, I don't know. It, I, we, I mean, did you see this hospital across the street? I mean, that's you know hundreds of employees over there. I mean, yes. it, it, and that would turn it, the tap room from being open, you know, three to ten every day to starting open at like seven. Like a nitro doing, line black cold brew. I mean, I don't. It oh, get just much better than that. All the fun then, things we could do. Everything being roasted in house. I yeah. mean, yeah. we work with another roaster in Valparaiso. That's where this iced coffee is from but we uh brew it and can it here so i don't know it's kind of like a like a no-brainer yeah i mean we've been working with coffee for this long it just makes so much sense with the coffee right right across the street it's like i don't know probably six or seven hundred employees that all thrive off caffeine all day every day i work at multiple hospitals and yes there's i'm told the coffee over there is terrible too so that's (laughs) there's one of these uh same you know branded ones right out in front of floyd's too right it's right next to floyd's that the hospital the franciscan yeah they just opened that yep yes franciscan's the the sisters the big you know you they don't uh, drive through their their parking lot and try to go to floyd's you'll get a ticket (laughs) really yeah man they don't mess around no they do not so do you ever find yourself since you you aren't you're you're in this proximity like you talked about to Chicago and Illinois and that like do you guys compare yourselves usually to Illinois breweries as well like if you're looking at like I don't know where you're at on the spectrum or like anything like that I mean do you kind of take in the, that thought process of like because you're still kind of your market is kind of Illinois too right it really is as far as the tap room goes I mean we, yeah. we almost consider our, and and we've kind yes, of gone back room. and I'm forth sorry, yeah. on that around with the the Brewers Guild too or like. A lot of the breweries up in this northwest Indiana kind of quarter, we almost consider ourselves more aligned with the Chicago beer market um, because the su- southern Indiana, you know, has a pretty thriving beer economy down there yeah. too. You got like, like four fifty Sun King, uh, Upland. Sun you know, there's a lot of pretty yeah. big breweries down there, but like that stuff doesn't make it make it up here very often. And we don't make it down. And there we don't very make it down there. Either. Aside from like the really big guys around here, right. I, I would say anyone that's doing self distro rarely goes down into Indianapolis or southern Indiana. And you see that in Illinois too. I mean, we don't have a city as big, really, as as like Indy down in, down south in Illinois. But you see that same thing. I mean, getting to Springfield and getting all that stuff in Illinois doesn't. Not everybody's there. It's starting to happen. You're starting to see like Pipeworks and okay. Solomoth and like some of these these bigger uh, local breweries are getting down that far. But I just wondered, like, how, if you guys treat yourself like exclusively Indiana, you know, or, or it it would be a little different if we did a little bit of like cross state line distribution and that is yeah. something that we do really want to want to work on just with our proximity to illinois because people don't customers don't understand the legalities of that it's like well why don't you just sell in illinois it's yeah. like, oh, like it's I, super easy what are you I know, doing it's it's you know tax bonds and i mean it's just it's just silly ridiculousness but it would be nice to get over there because we do a lot of our customers are from illinois 
Um, and we do kind of consider ourselves more aligned with sort of the Chicago beer world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially like when we're kind of comparing the aspect of like, you know, brewery personality and the, the caliber of beers that we release compared to, you know, other breweries. I think that we kind of align ourselves with a lot more Chicago breweries as opposed to Northwest Indiana breweries. Yeah, with the uh, Corridor, the collaboration yeah. we with the Corridor. Oh, you guys did a Corridor one? Yeah. yeah. What? Those guys, <laughs> Roger, those guys Roger was amazing. Oh, he Roger's was, awesome. I loved him, man. We, I, I, we spent three hours on their podcast. We just went. He was great. So. Yeah, him and we, we did that with him. And so what would you do with the them? The Brent and Brandt. Brent and Brandt, yeah. <laughs> so you got Brandt Dry Hop, Brent slash is Saint Laurent and Corridor, right. and then Roger. Yes. Right, Roger Corridor. Yeah. Right. So we did a uh, we did a milkshake with them. Um, of course, nobody <laughs> nobody does a hazy like like Corridor man. Like they, they mean they they make some. They awesome mean business. Shit. Oh, uh, theirs is uh, is like right up there with Trillium. I think almost. Like, they I, have it's, so many. They're just disgustingly good. Just I have a crawler of so that good. juice beyond coming this week, which I can't wait. That, yeah, you know. we get we get those crawlers down here. Scott's brother Steve <laughs> uh, kind of works up there pretty frequently and uh, has made pretty good friends with them. And that's actually who hooked up the collab. Uh, was Scott's brother Steve, who works up there quite quite it's frequently, really nice. made friends with yeah, the bartenders over there, made friends with Roger, and he went in there one time with a couple of our cans, a couple of four packs, and dropped them off. And that's came an back easy sell right yeah. there. Roger's such a nice guy too, and like he probably loved your beer. I'm sure he probably. Oh, yeah. like, oh, they yeah. actually really love Mosaic Tessellation too. Yeah, yeah. like they're oh, yeah. asking us for that constantly too. But they loved the hazies too. So then it was just kind of yeah. you know yeah, emails, thing, and <laughs> then we kind of came up with this idea of doing a a bendy meme, which was like a milk. A milkshake, kind of a mashup. Oh, of that was okay. Bendy so, yeah, straw. I remember that was seeing. Us. Yeah, I remember seeing the mashup with the bendy straw versus the bendy mean. That's awesome. Yep. Oh. So, yeah, they were they were great to talk to. They they were like I, I tried booking with them and I got like the marketing girl and she was like eh, I don't know we don't have time and then I reached out to Roger and he's like yeah. <laughs> he's like we're getting a new tank in like a couple of days I'll yeah, they were I'll shut get, down for like yeah, three four days five days. Oh, three okay. days he's oh, like wow, right, well okay. yeah it ended up being four they stretched it out they had planned three i was in there during that and they had, okay. you know all the shit was ripped apart they just did like those refinished legs were so the, tall on that tank that they yeah, got in. they thought they needed it and then they got in he's like we, we turns out we didn't need them to oh. be that tall they had sp they had enough space for it and he's like we didn't need oh, the tall legs nice. he's like now it's going to be a pain in the ass getting up on the ladder and doing you know doing this and that yeah that that place we really like got an appreciation for how much space we have about here that shit oh, right that's yeah. crazy I mean, just isn't it? goodness not Beer not only right the, out of the tanks yeah not only the the, the brewing area is so tight behind and the bar <laughs> and then it's like yes. you know uh, we don't like doing like a cip and a fermenter with just the window into the tap room because inevitably you like screw up or slip or fall <laughs> or you know osha go away yeah um but <laughs> like yeah. You don't it's like people watching you. It's been 40 days since our last workplace. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Like there, it's like the people sitting at the booths are like uh, on arm's length away from your tanks. Like that that's it's just crazy. crazy tight. I don't know how they do it. I get claustrophobic when there's like two hoses like in five <laughs> feet like from me. And I, I, mean, can, I can only imagine how like claustrophobic I'd be getting. Mike, talk, like what you were just talking about before we got on, you're talking about bubbling over this tank you know that, that you're cleaning oh, up all that man. like imagine if that imagine happens that. yeah like and, and, then, and like that has people happened are there. eating their dinner <laughs> as you're <laughs> scrambling to clean up the shit excuse me <laughs> yeah i think mikey would last about a half hour working there before he would just have to relieve himself like, nope, and walk out. Out of here. They, they do a lot of stuff obviously off hours but you know yeah, sometimes like, there's there's crossover i mean when we were doing the collab by the time we were knocking out and pushing into that fermenter i mean there were there were customers at the bar and there's a lot of things that can go wrong when you're 
filling up fermenter. Oh shit, man! Or if you're trying to put too much beer into, I walked something. in there. Thankfully, they were closed. But when I walked in for the podcast. I was super early, and he he's up on the ladder tying a fishing line with uh, coat bags of coconut. You know, just <laughs> fifty pounds of coconut that he that he roasted. You know, he was toasting himself that all day, for, one pound at a time. What's that? That that was for that bendy meme. No, oh, that was for no. this was. Not that long ago. This was about a month ago. Okay. Yeah, this was about a no? month ago. Okay. I don't think it was Bendy meme. I think it was like a stout. I think it was a stout he was doing. Oh, okay. It's actually, I think, the one they have on right now. It's, oh, it's, Big it's, Slice? They have, they have a, a coconut stout on right now. My so buddy was actually there. He texted me before I got here. I think that's Coca or Coca, Coca something, yeah. Coca yeah. something, right. So is there anything else you guys want to cover before we get out of here? I mean, the the, the, the beer's great, first of all. You got more stuff coming out. How did you get involved with uh, Smells Like a Beer Fest? Uh, I met Michael Palin. Palin, I'm not sure how yeah, to say Palin. his last name. It's Palin. Palin. Yeah. I always have to remember by going opposite of Sarah Palin. Like, I'm like, not Sarah Palin. <laughs> it's it's different. I, I guess the two L's warrant that. Um, I met him last year uh, in St. Louis. Um, and uh, I like his beers. I just went to go talk to him and tell him that I appreciate his product, that he's doing a really cool thing, and kind of asked him for, like, a little help on our end because... Uh, Haze isn't exactly the easiest thing to nail down. Um, a lot of breweries have problems with like beers clearing out, and like in a hazy beer, it's complete opposite of a hazy beer. So you really can't have that. So um, that was kind of something that I was trying to uh, troubleshoot, and I just kind of like talked to him, and uh, he sent us an email, just kind of like out of nowhere, inviting us over, and I was like, oh hey, cool. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a big fest. That's going to be. And like I said, I literally I just did theirs yesterday and posted it this morning, and they they were phenomenal. But we talked about the fest, and they mentioned that you guys were going to be there, and I mentioned that I was going to be here. So I thought, hey, how do you get involved? Like they they just reach out to you, like, hey, can you send a keg over? Do you guys do you guys all of you guys go and bring like a jockey box or what? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I think uh, there's two usually two, two spots people. available. Uh, so. I mean, I got the email. I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> Probably Mike and AJ. Like, we have the same name, so I'm totally going. So. No, um, yeah, we're just going to take some beer and take a Jackie box. I think we're going to try and take, like, our, our biggest hitters over there and try and, you know, do our part to make it. When you like say a biggest r- hitters, <laughs> say to you your biggest hitters or to, like, the biggest ones that you sold? Like, what what do you think? Like, the one of the memes or something are going over there? Some or? monster beers. That is disclosed information ah, okay. <laughs> there it is we're probably going to take over something barrel aged um we're probably going to take an imperial stout i imagine we'll see some milkshake thing over there imagine okay okay i just I'm we, we just really curious. we really fly by the seat of our pants i mean everything I is we really love it we really don't know right now to be yeah honest. <laughs> everything it, it really seems depend- like he's being coy but <laughs> no no <laughs> we truly just no. don't know <laughs> it's really going to depend on what like our uh what our cooler looks like and what our keg situation is but uh it's yeah, all need and what yeah I, we, I we, we make a lot of decisions last minute and for the most part it usually works out really really well <laughs> for the most part <laughs> How come I haven't heard the other stories where it didn't where it didn't work out? What's up? We Good. don't speak about it. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a lot of therapy to reverse that. When you say therapy, do you just mean shotgunning beers? Shotgun. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You just mean shotgunning beers. Uh, how do you get, how do you guys utilize social media? Who who's who's the who's the the force behind that? Do you guys that, all split it? I mean, I know was, we talked about responding and stuff, but yeah. but just like posting, like how do you do you guys have like a system or you just 
Just go for it. It's again kind of a fly by the seat of our pants thing. <laughs> I shouldn't we, even ask any of these we, questions. I, yeah. I do most. Of, I I really should say I do pretty much all the posts, like ninety nine percent of them. I'll take um, pictures sometimes. Sometimes Michael shoot me a picture. Send him over while, yeah. while he's doing something, and I'll, you know, put a filter on it or something. But um, more inappropriate. <laughs> I make some uh, like some what? rather suggestive fruit posts. If you ever if you ever look at my Instagram, there's uh, some fairly suggestive oh, videos. I, I'm gonna be looking at it now. It's a wacky world. If you ever want to check me out, I'm in. But, but our, what, our, wait, what's your what's your Instagram? Wacky world. Like wacky, my last at, name is at, Glow Wacky. Oh, okay. So it's so at w a c k i dot world. Ah, yes. <laughs> I'll be on that. Mikey's phone is lighting up right now. Ever been to hashtag brew turds? Yeah, yes. I think yes. you've actually we done act- a hashtag I, brew turds. I submitted one actually. Yes. Good for it's you. Also, it's also Good on my you. Instagram. Yep. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but so our, our philosophy with social media too more is uh, we try to do um, meaningful posts. I guess would be kind of the way we put it. Like we don't moral, like moralful posts. No, not like moral oral <laughs> kind of like you know. D- don't drink and drive but like <laughs> it, when we post something we, we actually like inspirational quotes yes you know um, but we want it be to the actually best be version of you today actionable oh, memes. or in, informative or, or sort of interesting like we don't do just like we don't post just for the sake of posting uh, I feel that gets done a lot and I feel like there's these you need content like <laughs> social media content managers who are just posting these random you know crap you know from behind the bar like time for a beer and it's yeah. like okay but that yeah. doesn't really like you just scroll right past that so we kind of want our daily to post more. to get customers into the tap room oh yeah that's always a good one too like hey it's tuesday yeah. Yeah. one o'clock basically it should say like our seats are empty yeah please. For real. yeah so the, it, and i think people get a little frustrated with by how little we post but when we do post it's generally about a new beer being available or a, a beer that's that we're making that people you know are those are important. wanting to come Those out. are really important to guys like me, like guys that follow, hunt beer, go right. drive out, you and, know, whatever. And we right? kind of recognize that. Super and just important. Having talked to a lot of those people too, it's like they get they get frustrated when they it's just like oh, just another you know fluff post or something. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we try to avoid those as much as we can, but we do literal fluff posts when we post pictures of Luther. Quite as long as the so only as long as Luther's in there, nobody that, gives a shit. Like yeah, that's fine. That's the only fluff. If you complain that we do. about that, like that should be a picture. <laughs> that's right sweet fate. Look at. Now he's Can upside you, down you know on my backpack. You guys, might, I'm going to take a picture of it because that's going to accompany when I post this. I'm going to put it that. It really should because that Instagram because yeah. he pretty much stole the show anyway. The so. essence of windmill. I mean, if I if I learn nothing from today, it's and that like, is one of those poses you were talking about cat. earlier, like he's got his neck yeah. kind of like, twisted. There's no way that's comfortable. No, <laughs> not at all. On a but lumpy like, backpack. I love that he was looking at your book bag earlier, but I think that he sensed that there was no laptop in there. He's like, nope, not good enough. Nah. He looked at the table first. He was like, nope, his laptop's out. That's not going to work for See, me. See, that's the trick. I have two laptops. Yeah. One's still in my backpack. Like, all that laptop is doing, that laptop is just warming the bag for him. It's like a nice yep. little, yeah, it's got a nice little warming shield to it. <laughs> love that cat. Yeah, so I mean, social media wise, though, I like for me, I, I get, I, I don't like a lot of the fluff stuff, and, and do people do get, fr- I, I'm never going to be the guy at your, your front of house yelling about uh, cans or when's this coming out, all that stuff. But for me, like, I, I want to know when, like, that's that's great, like I, that that the meaningful posts, like you talked about, but I also like the educational stuff, like uh, we're using these hops today, you know, you 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 give me a picture of him up there cleaning cleaning that thing and be like, hey, you know, like that, we're we're cleaning 
getting ready to put this in here. You know that. Kind and we of did. Thing. We've done a couple like my that. Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's is a little more wacky world. Wacky world. <laughs> yeah, we we've done a couple posts like that. I think where I posted like a picture of some uh, some gypsum, fruit, like in a uh, fruit yeah, processing. Yeah, like you know, we we do a little bit of water chemistry. Fun I was gonna say sometimes. I get excited about the water chemistry conversations because I really oh, don't. Man. I really don't know shit about brewing, but I love like to hear guys that know talk about water. And uh, it's, it's, I think water is like everything. I mean, I think uh, <laughs> any good New England definitely starts at water and without having that mouthfeel and without having that, you know, the water adulteration, I think you probably aren't going to come close to a really, really like, What's your beer. goal for like base water for a beer like that, for a New England stuff? Kind of, I mean, I think that we're all a little bit different. I know that yeah. Justin and I think a little bit differently, but we kind of come to a consensus uh, 95% of the time. Um, it really kind of depends on what the beer is like say if it's like a double ipa and it's going to end a little uh more wetter, it's going to end with a higher gravity um kind of a, a chewier mouthfeel is a little nice for that you know like a little chalk um if it's like you know a session pale ale you know it's nice to have like a little like i don't want to say an aggressive bite but something that's going to like kind of lend to the the carbonation bite of it okay. it, it kind of just ranges all over i guess so how do you mess with that and how do you play, how do you manipulate the water? I mean, other than like a home brewer, like would they be like the Campton tablets or like, you know, like you said, gypsum and they would, they would, we use the same thing that home brewers do. I mean, it's uh yeah, gypsum minerals, calcium chloride are probably the two of the bigger ones that we yeah. use. So that's, you know, you get the calcium chloride. It's just like salt basically, but it it's, it's a softener, you know, it's, it softens okay. the water and, and you can, it's kind of fun doing like water profile testing sometimes too you get glasses and sort of tweak them a little bit gypsum is one of the things that like he was talking about brings out a lot more of the the hot bite and things like that so um just variations of those stuff that Um, like nobody thinks about when they go buy a a four exactly yeah Yeah. i mean a very very educated beer drinker i'm sure has like done some minor research or has seen an article or two about water profile but for the most part i mean Water is like literally the last thing that people think about uh-huh. when when they go to buy a beer. And around mm. around here, you don't. And what's the quote from Palmer? You know, it's the difference between a good beer and a great beer is the water chemistry yeah. of it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you want to really learn about that, you can buy the the water book. Isn't it just called from Water the Brewing yeah. Element yeah. series? And uh, I've had a couple a guys series. pitch me that book. It's, like maybe Josh from Miscatonic. I think really informative, it. but it can put you to sleep also pretty quickly because yeah. it uh, is in depth. It, you really, 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 really have to like understand everything about it to really get a grasp on what they're trying to talk about. I mean, like half of it, like I don't understand because it's all like water compounds and like the chemical composition, Bonds of, like and different shit. minerals and, and stuff. And we're spoiled here because we have Lake Michigan water. Oh yeah, say, yeah. Which, Lake Michigan water, which makes water. which makes good beer. Uh, and then just depending and on style, great we there. can tweak it to to just give it that little bit of extra, you know, mouthfeel or, or hot bite, you know, whichever direction we want to go to just make it turn it from a good beer to a great beer. Well, first of all, I want to just say thank you guys for sitting down and taking two hours out of your Saturday to sit and talk to me about, thank you. about uh, beer and about windmill beer. You're welcome. Uh, again, anything, anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? I think that's it. Yeah. That's, that's, you feel like you've sufficiently told a windmill brewing story. <laughs> yes. Well, well, again, Mike, Mike, he always has words of wisdom. Uh, I feel like someone just has to say Baba Booey five times. Baba Booey, <laughs> he just appears. That'll wrap. <laughs> <laughs> ah, but seriously, thank you guys. You make some good beer. I, I can't wait to, to try some more of it here. Uh, so 
Josh, Mike, Justin, any parting words? Scott. Who's Josh? Scott. Oh, Jesus Christ. Josh go? I think I just said Josh Maori. I think I just confused myself by saying Josh Maori from Miskatonic. Yeah. So I Scott. Just like, I don't think that was his wife's name. Yeah. <laughs> I call her that sometimes. You guys are being rude now. <laughs> Ouch. Mike, Scott, Justin. My bad. Thanks, man. <laughs> All right. Cheers. Cheers. Salute.